This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Carlson, Carlson, världens bästa Carlson. Carlson, Carlson, hoj här kommer Carlson. Carlson, Carlson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Carlson. Killar jag så bra som mig. Carlson, Carlson, Carlson scores! Carlson, Carlson, världens bästa Carlson. Yes, welcome everybody to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast, the longest running fantasy hockey podcast in the world, hosted by two guys who are hoping to save on shipping costs, which means I'm going to need to win this Keeping Carlson playoff pool draft because everyone else is very far away. I'm your host, Ila Dubrovsky, and with me, as always, is my co-host and very good friend, Brian Com. Hello, Elon. Hello, everybody. And hello to a few special friends that we'll introduce in a moment with me, including Elon, are the final four, the last four competitors standing in the Keeping Carlson playoff pool, for which we are presenting the final round draft today on this very episode, just to like lay it out. I, I already forget. Was it 96? I, I should have looked this up before. We start with an, an immense amount of people. This will be the fourth round of drafting in the playoff pool. So whoever, what, whoever is here with us today, that's not me, drafted and survived, finished uh, in a high enough standings position to advance to the next round three times, including the most recent time where you had to be the number one team out of nine in your division to be able to move forward. So big congratulations to Elon. And, uh, and I'll, I'll introduce everybody else in a moment. But first, uh, we should mention that we're presented by Dabra Hockey. Yes, Brian, let us do that. Uh, first, I'll mention it was eight people uh, in the divisions for the last round, not nine, but still very tough to win. And uh, your boy, Elon, pulled it off. You People listened to our draft a couple weeks ago when we drafted for round three, the one that you and I were both in. And I had a miracle night yesterday with the Islanders to help me push through. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But yes, first, let's talk about DauberHockey.com, which is the number one fantasy hockey website out there. And we're super happy to be able to say we're presented by them. You've got all of the information there that you need to be successful at fantasy articles every day you know your daily ramblings talking about the latest of what's happening anytime there's a trade like this jake allen trade which we'll get to in a little bit you know they're breaking down the fantasy impact plus all the tools over at frozen tools i love dauber hockey i'm so happy to be presented by them so yeah that's that dauberhockey.com but okay brian with that yes we've got our final four and I am one of them, which I'm very happy about. And the draft is scheduled to start in one minute. So maybe we could just quickly go over the settings before I hand this over to you because you're going to be the host and I'm going to be the drafter. But uh, same as last time to anyone who listened a couple episodes ago, we're each going to be drafting 10 players. There's only four of us now. Uh, so it's seven forwards, two defense, and one team. And the team gets one point for a win and two points for a shutout, which was huge for me and my Islanders. 
Uh, and aside from that, uh, oh yeah, and points only for the skaters, just goals and assists. And this is the first one, Brian, where we're going to have some strategy involved because this is going to go for two rounds. So you got to kind of pick the team. Before we were able to just draft which players we thought would get the most points in a round. Now you kind of want a player who's going to make it to the finals and give you two rounds of production instead of one. Uh, but okay, the draft has started. So let me hand it over to you, Brian. You are the host and I am just a lowly participant. Well, you say that after pumping yourself up to being this amazing, fantastic fantasy player. But yeah, first pick uh, belongs to Andreas, who uh, who has survived uh, to the final round here. Uh, Andreas, do you want to come on, introduce yourself, and and make your first pick? Tell us where you're where you're drafting from. So, hi everyone. Uh, so my name is Andreas. Uh, I am drafting from Oslo, Norway. Uh, I think probably it will be the most shipping cost will be probably to me. So hopefully uh, I will <laughs> so end up... So we're rooting against you. Rooting against me, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I am uh, on the clock as it seems. I Here, I'll, I'll pause the draft so we can <laughs> yeah. chat for a little bit. Yeah, so uh, just tell, tell me how, how did you get to this round? Like who, who has been, like what have been one or two of the key picks that have brought you all the way to the final four? Yes, in in, fir- in the first round, I um, I picked last, and I was lucky enough to get Sebastian Aho. And uh, we all know what he did in the in the qualifier. And for some reason, people didn't want to touch uh, Jonathan Taves. I ended up picking him him up very late, and he had a monster a monster qualifying round. And then from then onwards, I've been picking first and I've been lucky enough to have McKinnon and Rantanen uh, throughout the whole, like the last two rounds. Uh, I'm very happy that they didn't lose 4-1 in that series because then my chances would, would have been, uh, yeah, basically zero. And I got two, two or three shutouts from Leonard, uh, which I think was, I guess uh, we can call that very lucky. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> Vancouver didn't want to shoot the puck, so it was yeah. it was a good one. Yeah, um, yeah. So you so you got an early advantage because we we sorted draft order beyond the, the first round was random, but then if you finished well, you got to draft well, and it wasn't a snake. So you got you know if there were eight teams in your division, you got first pick and a ninth pick, and so on. Uh, so way to take advantage of that because there are some first seeds that definitely fell. Um, along the way and weren't able to take advantage. So while you, you made it sound so easy, you know, oh yeah, I got McKinnon and Rantanen because I was picking first. It clearly wasn't. So congratulations on making it this far. And now would be a great time to tell us now that you're picking first once again, who's it going to be in uh, for your final team? Yeah. So I have been trying, I mean, I think for this round, I think there is actually more strategy now than, than in the previous rounds. And there are some, some clear separation between some, some tiers here. And I think, I, I think the biggest separation between like the top guys and, and the lower tier guys are, are on D. And I think the privilege of, of picking first is, uh, is to have the opportunity to open up on D, right? And not end up with the fourth best D-man. So oh, wow. I have decided to go for, um, for Shea Theodore in my, um, for my first pick. All right. So Andreas filling out one of his two D spots right off the top. 
with Shay Theodore. Uh, so I guess, you know, there's only four participants. So a D-run might not mean quite the same thing as it would in another, but Andrea's getting out ahead of that. For the record, Shay Theodore was picked on average 17th in the last round. He goes first in the final round. Uh, so, uh, and he's had a, a fantastic playoffs, right? 16 points, 15 games. We've had a lot of conversations in our patrons-only Facebook group and Discord server about just how, like, what tier of defenders he's entered into. Uh, so Andres is clearly bought in on Shea Theodore having a, and I guess Vegas, having a long and illustrious playoff run right to the end. Thank you, Andres, for your first pick. And that brings us to our second pick, which is Vegard. Vegard, say hi. Hi, everyone. So Vegard is is another, uh, we have more Norwegian representation here. Vegard, where are you? I am uh, on the west coast of Norway. So a small town called uh, Haugesund. Yes, Haugesund. Uh, almost, yeah. <laughs> we tried to sort this out before <laughs> going on air, and it, it failed mostly. Uh, it was but, better before. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I wish, go, go on the YouTube video, you can go back and listen to me get it right yeah. now. Uh, okay, so Vegard from Hogsund uh, is 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 up second. Vegard, can you tell us a little bit about how what what picks you think are most responsible for getting you to where you stand today? Well, I also started off drafting very late in the first round, but uh, managed to get a few good picks. I almost can't remember who I got that first round. But uh, I think I finished second in that round. I got Guys like JT Miller, I think, which has helped me almost all the way. Uh, and I, yeah, I moved on to the second round, and the second round was much better. Uh, I won that round uh, and finished uh, yeah, with a lot of points ahead, I think. Uh, don't really remember who I got there. Yeah, let's focus even on just like the latest round because here's we're all winners now. We don't need to talk yeah, about the I old rounds. I don't even remember. But like uh, <laughs> you, you won your uh, last round, right? And it, it was pretty close yeah. if I recall. Yeah, that was really, really close. Uh, and uh, your Islanders uh, team uh, helped me out in the end. And I kind of uh, gambled on uh, the Islanders' uh, second line, the, the BBB line with uh, Bavillier and Brock Nelson and Bailey. And uh, the whole uh, round was uh, more of uh, like a roller coaster for me because I started off good. I picked McKinnon first, which was an easy pick. And uh, he and Gerard got a lot of points the first night. And then uh, it all went south. And I was like sixth for a long time and five, six points behind the leader. Uh, but suddenly the Islanders guys started producing one match and I got five points out of one match from the, that line. And uh, from then on, I was on top, and uh, until the until the last night, because then I was one point behind uh, Maxwell, uh, but still had these three Islanders guys left, and uh, they produced six points in the last night, and uh, I won the division with five points. That's that's incredible. So like you have McKinnon, but he wasn't even, you know, he was pointless in the last game of that series, and you're yeah, probably tearing true. your hair out and being like, oh my gosh, and you see. Uh, the, the Canucks being shut out, barely getting any offense against Las Vegas. I and mean, oh no. And then yeah. of all teams to save you, uh, Josh Bailey, Anthony Beauvillier, and Brock Nelson of the New York Islanders, who you picked in succession in your draft around four, five, and six, 
took you all the way through to the end. So with that said, uh, you can't take Nathan McKinnon first this time. You also can't take JT Miller. You took second uh, in the last round. Uh, So who are you going to kick off your final four-way competition draft pick with? Yeah, well, since uh, Andreas started off with uh, a D, I'll uh, probably have to continue with the D. And, uh, yeah, I want to take, uh, I would want to take uh, Heiskanen, but uh, I do think Tampa is going to go through to the final. So I'm going to go with Victor Hedman. All right. So Vegard has Victor Hedman uh, added to his team as, as a D run, comes out of nowhere. And continues. I I guess if you think Vegas and Tampa are the cup finalists and you want to have the one D, uh, like the the best scoring D on each of those teams, and really they're they're quite a bit ahead of the second best scoring D on their respective teams too, not a bad strategy. Uh, So Elon, I'm going to ask you if you're disappointed in a second, but first uh, I will actually, no, I'm not going to mention that. I will just say uh, Shea Theodore, the second highest defensive scorer in these playoffs and uh victor hedman is the fourth highest defensive scorer in these playoffs so there's a certain a, a couple a couple guys on a certain or i guess i guess i won't be too specific i won't get no you could be brian it's, it's, okay. it's a live show you can say the okay. stats we a all know guys <laughs> on a certain team getting disrespected or, or left behind and it must be because uh maybe we're not high on dallas's prospects of advancing but Haskinen is the the leading <laughs> not just defensive playoff point getter but total playoff point getter uh, for our pool this year, uh, 21 points, uh, three more than next best Braden point who has played fewer games. Uh, and then Klingberg ranks third amongst Ian point scoring. Uh, Elon, it's, it's, uh, it's your turn. Why don't you say hi and introduce yourself? Where are you drafting from? Uh, I'm here in Toronto. I'm the only uh, North American representation here. It's an all Nordic countries draft aside from me. Uh, yeah, very excited to be here. I went into yesterday's Islanders Philly game down by four, and I didn't have the tiebreaker. So I feel very bad for Rob, who I think had uh, all the very good reasons, including me almost like acquiescing, you know, being like, all right, Rob, you got it. Congratulations. And he had Matt Barzal and Anders Lee in that game. And I had Nelson and Pulak and Islanders goalies. And somehow, yeah, Barzal and Lee do nothing. And Brock Nelson three points. Pulak finally wakes up, gets an assist, get the shutout, blew past him. And, and here I am. So, so very exciting. And yeah, I'm proudly wearing my Islanders hat now. And I am shook by these first two picks being defensemen. Uh, this changes everything, I feel like. Yeah, I want to ask how that changes your strategy. But first, I'd love for you to share how you ended up with your Islanders goalies at the last draft. For those, for those who didn't listen to the live episode of that, it's pretty funny how you got them. Like, by all means, you I don't think you should have. No, I think you remember incorrectly. You were saying that yesterday, like, someone took another team, and then a guy was like, oh, I'm so glad you took that team so that I don't have to take the Islanders. And then the guy who wanted the Philly goalies got the Philly goalies. But it was like, I was always planning on taking the Islanders. And I don't, like, I, there, it's not as if, I think what you're trying to suggest is that I was going to take some other team, and then I just happened to get the Islanders because they were the only option left. But uh, I promise to you, I was planning on waiting to the last round, and I was hoping to get the Islanders. You know I've been a fan of them. And uh, yeah, they beat Philly. And it's uh, not that big a surprise to me, to be honest. Like, I'll just throw this out there. I don't know if people remember this, but the New York Islanders were a strong team 
this season. Like their final record doesn't necessarily reflect that, but they actually were 16-3-1 to start the season. And they were actually 33-16-6 after 55 games. They just kind of crumbled at the end and Arthur Staple blamed it on injuries. So uh, this was a good team for most of the year and now they're showing it. But I guess we could talk about that more at the end of the show. I should probably get to my pick, eh? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to take any credit away from you, but you got the Islanders second last out of goalies. I took the Boston goalies right ahead of you. So that's on me. And then the Dallas goalies went before that by, I'm pretty sure someone who did not want to take the Islanders goalies because they were playing Philly and the Philly goalies were taken earlier. But in any case, it was, it, it paid off for you to wait out and thinking you could get the Isles goalies. You did. So congratulations. And they brought you all the way here to, uh, to the, fir- to your first pick of the final four KKPP round. How are you adjusting to this D run early on? Are you going to follow suit? Are you going to set a new tone? What's the plan? Yeah, well, I remember I was thinking going into this, I wonder if I should take the first D with my third pick. And I was also looking at Theodore and Hedman as the top two, or like a Haskinen or Klingberg, except, you know, I just, I like the Tampa and Vegas teams to be the ones that move it, move forward. Like most likely, obviously, it's very hard to predict. Uh, now this changes everything. I think Andreas is probably very happy that Vegard took a defenseman because that means that Andreas might really luck out by getting Theodore and still a really amazing forward with his next pick, actually, for sure. Because I think there's three forwards that really jump out. It's like the clear top three. Uh, so, I don't know. All that said, I got to take the guy that I took first in the last pool when I had third pick, and he got me here. So, uh, give me Kucherov. He's freaking Nikita Kucherov, and he had a great last round. And so, yeah, hopefully, we'll see which defenseman I end up with <laughs> at the end of all this. But got to go with the guy who I think was my chalk pick as the number one overall in this draft. Okay, so Elon has the first forward off the board, Nikita Kucherov. And Elon, I wonder if you're, are, are you feeling a little burned? Because you, you took Quinn Hughes uh, at last round as, as your second pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't have a great series, right? No one in Vancouver did. Well, I mean, let's not get uh, okay. I you're think right. It was like a point per game. Yeah, he still had uh, six points in six games. I'm just bringing it up now. Seven so games. when Vancouver scored, he was a part of it. Uh, but there were anyway. I was curious. There were a couple games where he didn't play a lot, so I was wondering if he was injured. Um, but then he finished with a 25 minute game. Anyway, enough about Quinn Hughes because you just picked Nikita Kucherov, and that brings us to the final selection of our first round, which is coming from a. Uh, uh, Cupful tier one competitor, Ricard, who is actually replacing David, who earned who earned a spot but couldn't make it. Uh, so Ricard finished just one point behind David in his division, being the next person worthy of the spot. So welcome, Ricard. You've you've got a chip on your shoulder here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, I'm in a league with uh, two Norwegians as well. So uh, I really have to show the best hockey. So, so Ricard, uh, so, you're in Sweden. Where in Sweden are you? Yeah, I'm in uh, a little a small town called uh, Lerum at the west coast, uh, just outside of Gothenburg. And uh, that's where I am. Okay, so we've got uh, two Norwegians and a Swede. I, you know, I'm starting to wonder, you know, you guys are, are ahead in time zones there's some, uh, that's a stupid joke. I was going to say, like, did you know the results before they happened? Anyway, uh, so, uh, so Ricard, tell us, uh, tell us how you got here. How'd you have such a good round last round? Yeah, I, uh, I, I managed to uh, get ahead and, and, and win the, the round before. So uh, the last round, I picked first and I got McKinnon. And then 
just fell to me that I, uh, I think, ranted and dropped, so I, I picked him up. And uh, as my third third pick, I, I just had Randall Skog sitting there, so I uh, finished up the, the first line in, in Colorado, and, uh, well, they, they performed for me, definitely. You must have been very uh, happy then, when they came back from 3-1 to extend the series. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was I was actually kind of happy that Dallas won like the first game, maybe even the second, uh, just because I, I was a little bit afraid that uh, Colorado was gonna gonna do a short run uh, and finish them off with like four one or something. So uh, I was kind of happy that I got more games out of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was really both shocked that uh, Colorado came back. Um, so my last run, I those and I got like I think four uh, Islanders. Uh, Lee and Pajo and uh, Bailey and Pollock. So uh, the first round, I, I really had players from different teams, and the last round, uh, I, I really uh, stacked up on, on those two. How incredible is it? Like, there's a theme here of all the teams in our last round, and it's that the Islanders were kingmakers, which we would have never expected from the 24th highest scoring team this year. They actually had one fewer goal than the Ottawa Senators in the regular season. Uh, but hey, all of a sudden they're, they're bringing they're carrying all four finalists all the way to the end of the Keeping Carlson playoff pool. So Ricard, uh, let's finish off the first round here. Who are you going to go with? Defense, forward, L- let us know. I'm going with the player I would have. I actually think I would have picked uh, at the top if I had the first pick. So uh, let's just go with the player who I think has the most fantasy points per game so far in uh, Braden Point. Okay, there he is. Yeah, Braden Point, the playoff point leader. So Elon deciding to go Kucherov, and I, I raised an eyebrow just because uh, you know there is someone on Kucherov's team that's been outperforming him. So, Ricard, clearly you think that's going to continue. Braden Point, uh, behind only Miro Haskinen, is the second top scorer in the playoffs. And he actually leads all playoff scorers in uh, points per game. Uh, just, a, just, a, just a smidge above Miro Haskinen. So he's got that going for him. And, of course, Braden Point is just a smidge above Kucherov in that measure. Uh, two points total. So, uh, so Ricard, grabbing a pretty good from the four spot. A pretty good first round pick, which brings us back to the start. Andreas, how you doing? Well, I'm doing good. I, I was actually I was hoping that that one of these Tampa guys would be there uh, at five, but, but I guess there are three three players. You, you know, Kirivanta is is definitely someone that you need to have at this point. <laughs> uh, as long as actually, Pagano I know stays injured. <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel like a little bit of an outsider because I haven't owned a single. Islanders player throughout the whole in the whole playoffs and and you know disrespecting Dallas I guess I've been disrespecting the Islanders throughout the whole playoffs um, but I think at this point I will continue to do so uh, because it has worked uh, and I will pick a player that I believe has much more in him and and someone that I uh, believe will be will be there until the end and that's that's Mark Stone. Okay, Mark Stone, who uh, we retweeted a tweet from Dmitry Filipovich yesterday of just 
a great visual summary of all the times Mark Stone makes everyone else look so stupid with how great he is at taking the puck away, which we've been on about uh, for a long time. Like we, we love Mark Stone, not just for what he does on the score sheet, but he is doing great things on the score sheet. The ninth ranked scorer in uh, the playoffs so far. And uh, I'm just seeing where he was picked. He's been uh, uh, like, you're picking him right where he's been picked. Uh, on average, in the last round, he was picked uh, between the sixth and seventh pick overall. So you grabbing him at, at five, I, I don't think it's too early. There were He was picked at five twice in the last round. So the, this is very consistent, as consistent as Mark Stone seems to be at scoring. And that brings us to Vegard's next pick. Vegard, you're on the clock. Do you, yes. have a, do you have someone in mind? Uh, well, I was hoping for a stone point or future of default to me, but mm-hmm. uh, now that they're all gone and uh, Heiskanen is still there, I might as well finish off the D, I think, because oh. uh, it's all about the points here. Okay, so Vegard going with Miro Heiskanen, which gives Vegard, I'm just looking at his D now, he's got Hedman and he's got Heiskanen, so he could potentially have the two top D uh, going to the Stanley Cup Finals if the chips fall right. So Vegard positioning himself nicely, uh, or he could have zero, I suppose. <laughs> That's the other yeah. side of this coin. Yeah. Uh, but Vegard uh, filling out his decor before Elon and Ricard have even gotten to pick one. Elon, I heard you groan. Brutal. I thought at the very least... You know, one, like, I thought that, yeah, I thought that Haskinen would fall since Vegard already had a D. I thought he'd try to go for a forward now. But, no, uh, yeah, this is not going the way I expected. Uh, by the way, I wanted to point out that I think it's really funny that Ricard is here, even though, you know, he came second. Like, obviously, still very well earned. <laughs> but it reminds me of, like, how in the lo- draft lottery, how, like, Team Chaos ended up winning. And it's, like, one of the play-in teams ended up winning the draft lottery. So I think it'll only be, fi- yeah, it'll be... Uh, fitting now if Ricard wins this whole thing to just keep the theme of the chaos of these playoffs. It would be very 2020. Uh, <laughs> so uh, by the way, just before you pick Elon, I'll mention Haskinen's like draft stock obviously has risen massively nine points in seven games in the last round. Last uh, in the last dra- set of drafts, he was picked on average 17th, 18th overall. And here he goes sixth overall. Elon, are you going to pick someone who's traditionally been at the top of the draft? Or are you going to also pick someone whose stock has been slowly rising through the playoffs? Yeah, this is tricky because at this point, the defensemen are drying up. There's still like some like elite forwards out there. But I think I'll just have to... And I, I kind of like, you know, uh, Vegas to go forward over Dallas. But I also thought that Colorado would go forward over Dallas. So I guess just I'll lock in John Klingberg, who I think there's a big teardrop after him when we look at the remaining D. So, uh, I mean, I know from experience that my Islanders defenseman was one of the reasons I almost didn't make it to this round. So, yeah, I guess I'll take Klingberg. Was hoping to get Haskinen, but who knows? I mean, in the last game, Haskinen was on the top power play. Maybe uh, Klingberg takes that back and Dallas shakes things around and maybe they could be close, but definitely hasn't been that close this playoffs. But, you know, Klingberg's still having himself like a very strong playoffs compared to his regular season, right? Like we're looking at 12 points in 15 games, so nothing to shake your fist at. Yeah, uh, Klingberg has been fantastic and had a had a solid last round too. Five points in seven games. You, I'm pretty sure you mocked me 
uh, for picking him as early as I did last round. Of course, I didn't advance. You did. But I just want to point out that he's been uh, 12 points in 15 games. Again, these Dallas D leading the way. Uh, Elon, you had you shed a teardrop when you heard that Haskinen is picked. And now you're avoiding a teardrop with Klingberg uh, ah. being chosen as your first defenseman. Ricard, uh, I, do you agree? Do you agree with Elon that there's a teardrop? And, and what are you going to do about it for how you approach D here? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, in, in quality, it's a teardrop, uh, I, I'd say. Uh, but uh, if you take in the strategy with uh, how, how long you think teams are going to survive, then, uh, well, it's the NHL. I mean, it's uh, that Dallas might win the Cup, but, but uh, I think most have uh, have Vegas over them. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of D-spots being filled on the other teams that means it's not going to be too many more d's that's going to be picked so i'm not stressed about that i think it's uh there's definitely eight okay okay or good defensemen out there so uh, i'll be good on d um but i'm thinking about me being team chaos and everything uh i'm i'm thinking about switching up a bit and uh in the last round, I picked the team in my final round, uh, but I think uh, this time around, it's, uh, I'm looking at Tampa as, as uh, I think have the biggest chance to reach in the finals, and uh, maybe even who knows, maybe we even get a shutout or two over there. So uh, I'm going Tampa here. Okay, so Ricard is going with the Tampa team goalies, and remember, your team goalies can max out at eight points. Uh, sorry, they can max out at 16 points if they shut if they get a shutout win for every win. But each win is worth one point. Each shutout is worth a bonus point. So uh, Ricard placing his bet on a cup finalist and potential cup winner in Tampa. Uh, interestingly, outside of Haskinen and Klingberg, everybody chosen. Uh, every forward and non... Okay, no, I'm I'm trying to... Everyone else, <laughs> everyone else has been Tampa or Vegas. Uh, there's one team that is still missing uh, and has zero players selected so far. So we'll see how long that takes to get the Islanders on the board. Uh, but Ricard going with the team, being first to pick his team goalies uh, and su- su- suggesting that there are four defensemen already picked. There's only two others that are going to be picked, not by him. And he's good to wait. That brings us back to the top of the draft board for the start of the third round. Andreas, where where are you leaning? Where am I leaning? You know, like I'm looking at the players, right? And I, I have made a list. And I like when it comes to like separating these players, like it's it's like chaos. Um, <laughs> and I am and I am looking at Tampa, and I am considering going a little bit off the board, uh, picking a player that could either drag me down to the to dawns of hell or. Or uh, continuing on his point streak, and I, I will. And there might be a player coming back for injury that might affect his deployment, but but I'm just going to go all in on on the good old Andre Palat. Okay, Andre Palat, the hero of rounds. I can't keep track of like because of the play-ins, the hero of the last round for Tampa Bay. Seven points in five games. Uh, before that, he had just two points in eight games uh, in the round robin and playoffs. So, uh, so Andre is hoping that the last round is the beginning of a of a trend of of 
secondary or, well, primary scoring from a secondary source in Andre Palat and, and of course, leaning towards saying, uh, hey, I'm going to pick a more depth player on Tampa uh, because I have more confidence they're going to go far than maybe a higher tier player from a team that he's not as confident in. Which brings us to Vegard, who is, uh, Vegard, you're poised to pick your first forward unless you're going goalies. Well, yeah, I have to pick a forward now. Uh, and I think I'm going to go for a new team, but uh, not the Islanders. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Max Pacioretty. And uh, hopefully he will get some points alongside uh, Mark Stone. Okay, so Max Pacioretty, who uh, has had a shorter playoffs than most and started... Uh, pretty quietly with just, you know, two points in his first four games, but really came alive in the last round with five points in seven games against Vancouver, four of those goals. So, uh, so Max Pacioretty, and of course, uh, people were a little iffy on him in the previous rounds just because of his injury status. Uh, he's been picked 15th, 16th overall uh, in this draft. He has now gone in the, uh, in the 10 spot. So yeah. Max Pacioretty's draft stock rising as other players fall away. So Vegard has Pacioretty. Elon is on the clock. Where's your head at? Oh man, it's tricky now. So yeah, I guess everyone's draft stock is going to go up at this point You'd, uh, on average by double since there's half as many players available. But yeah, Pacioretty had a good round. He would have been a good pick. But now that I have Klingberg, it's like I guess the smart strategy is to not take Vegas guys. Which makes it very tricky, Brian. So then, <laughs> is like, it a smart strategy? Like, I guess this is what you're thinking. You don't want to get you want you want to pick a side. You don't want to be be in the middle. Well, yeah. Otherwise, it'll be tough to win if someone has all you know Vegas and someone has all Dallas, and I have a couple from each. Then probably I'm not going to lose. Or right, but if you win. have a couple from each, that might decrease the chances that somebody else stacks up on them. Yeah. True, Sorry. but <laughs> yeah, you're ma- here. you are making things very difficult for me. You know what? I'll just uh, go all in on Dallas. Maybe at this point, and- I love that. Okay, keep going. I love that you're saying that, and I don't. I don't even know what it means. Like, <laughs> who do you go all in on Dallas with? Yeah, because Sagan hasn't been doing much. He's like pointless in his last few games. So what do I do? Uh, let's let's go with. Oh man. You know what? Actually, uh, scratch everything. I'll just take Matt Barzal, even though I have Kucherov. I don't know why. I'm totally just flipping my thing here. Maybe I'm going to have Kucherov, and then now that Palat is gone, and Point is gone, and Hedman is gone, Tamp. I don't know. Maybe I'll switch over to Islanders. So I don't know. This might be a really dumb move, but I'm switching to Barzal. All right. Matt Barzal with one T is now uh, Elon's one C. Way to go, Elon, for making a call there. Uh, you know, there's so many paths to the end. We'll see if this was the the one to choose. I, I truly do. I'm sorry if I made you doubt yourself. There are different strategies, right? Like you can stack one one or two teams and say, like, these are the teams I'm riding, ride or die. Or you hedge your bets a little. And basically, your success depends on what the other drafters decided to do and you adapting to that. So we'll see what the trend becomes after a few more rounds. Uh, we're on pick 12. With Ricard, uh, Ricard, you have Braden Point and the Tampa goalies. So you're one of these uh, teams that seems to be stacking in one direction. You're going to keep going with Tampa, or are you changing course? Um, I'm scrambling a bit. There's there's some way to go. Um, 
Uh, I don't think I'm going Tampa again. I don't think I'm going D. I'm probably going to go with, uh, with uh, Marcus. Okay, I am going to wait to see who you click. Okay, it's Jonathan Marshall, so yeah. we're having some connection issues there. So, uh, so Ricard goes over to the West, picks Jonathan Marshall, so, uh, who has had a good playoffs. Like, you can't say he's had a bad one. Nine points in 13 games. Uh, nine points in 15 games, sorry, which isn't like setting the world on fire in the regular season. We'd be like, eh, but we also kind of, that's what we've come to expect from Marshall, so, and if you get if you get two rounds out of him and he can keep doing that at least, then uh, then you're in good shape. So Ricard takes Marcheseau, which which brings us back to Andreas, who's got Shea Theodore, Mark Stone, and Andre Palat. So Ricard has two lightning and a, and a golden knight, and Andreas is the flip with two golden knights and a lightning. Uh, Andreas, uh, what are you thinking for your fourth pick? Yeah, I'm looking at the at the board again. I. I think I will continue to uh, stack the Knights. Then I think I will go with Riley Smith. Okay, so another Golden Knight off the board. That's four Golden Knights forwards uh, gone, and mostly in the last few picks. So Riley Smith is off the board. While, uh, I, while Vegard is contemplating his next pick... I was really hoping for Riley Smith... But uh, Andreas uh, took him, and I feel like there's a drop now in uh, the Vegas uh, players, so I might just go over to the Islanders, and that's uh, like flipping a coin here. Uh, yeah, you can't have Barzal because he's no. off the board. But we're finally we're finally getting some Isles play some Isles interest yes. in the fourth round here. And I'm thinking I'm going to go with Brock Nelson. Okay, Brock Nelson, like Riley Smith, somebody who whose draft stock has just like shot up. Riley Smith uh, has had a huge playoffs. He's been like one of the most reliable Vegas scorers behind only Mark Stone and Shea Theodore, of course, uh, but up front. So he's been a great forward. And then Brock Nelson, uh, still actually not the Isles leading scorer in these playoffs. But second, ahead of Matt Barzal. So uh, 15 points in 16 games for Brock Nelson. Steady Brocky is what I've been calling him. Elon, you have lost the opportunity to stack up on Islanders with Vegard's pick. Are you disappointed? Uh, I'm just kind of disappointed about the whole thing so far. But <laughs> I'll just... Uh, maybe that was a crazy move in the last round, having Kucherov and Barzal as my top two guys. So I guess I'm just going to go to... Okay, this time I am going to go to Dallas. And I guess I'll take Jamie Ben, who's having a good playoffs. I can't believe going into this playoffs that I would be considering Ben as the top Dallas forward to take. Uh, but I guess all that rest helped him out. And he's got his, whatever, whatever it is here, 12 points, I think, in, in 15 games. He's got 13 points in 16, including nine points in seven games against Colorado, where he just, he just came. Like, he, yeah. he was picked on average 48th overall in our last round of drafts. And here he is going, uh, let's see, he's going 15th. So that's a huge jump for Jamie Ben, who, like you said, Elon, maybe uh, some time off did him good. He can go hard and play his hard-hitting physical brand of hockey, starting as if he would from the beginning of the season. And he doesn't have to keep it up for a whole lot longer necessarily either. 
Yeah, uh, it's pretty wild at this point. There's probably lots. Of, it's like the Islanders, right? Like there's a lot of different players who could end up being the leading scorer in terms of the forwards anyways. Uh, so I went Ben. I had Ben in the last round. So he got me here. I might as well keep going. All right. Jamie Ben is off the board, which brings us uh, to Ricard, who's going to finish off the fourth round in the 16th pick of this final four of the Keeping Carlson playoff pool, uh, where it's been amazing. We've redrafted every single round and it's been so much fun. Like we're definitely going to do this or something very similar to this again in the future for future playoffs because playoff pools are hard to really like nail and have fun and stay engaged with. But this one, my goodness. All right, enough about our pool. Ricard, uh, where are you thinking of going with this next pick? I've really been scrambling around here. Uh, it feels like you could go diff- many different places. Uh, I'm still not going D, I think, but I'm, I'm staying at forward. There's the good, good point getters uh, still there on the board. Um, but I've, I've seen a lot of Dallas lately, and I, I think that... Uh, yeah, Ben was a great pick, but uh, I feel like uh, I've got two guys that's uh, really look good, and uh, I'm going Joe Pavelski, I think. But, okay, Joe Pavelski. If you would have told me that he would be – well, I guess I would have said he could be the fourth Dallas player picked in a playoff pool, but like not behind the defenseman. To be the second forward picked in a playoff pool is uh, feels crazy, but – if you look at the the way the Dallas forwards have gone, it's it's not at all a stretch. 12 points in 16 games for Pavelski. He's been very consistent. Uh, just in, I mean, he had a big hat-trick game, uh, but like he's sort of, he seems to have a decent floor and he seems to be feeling really good about himself these days, which we did not see in the regular season. So Ricard is banking that the good times will keep rolling for Joe Pavelski in Dallas, which ends our fourth round. Elon, should we thank our sponsor at this point? Why not, Brian? Good idea. So yeah, I'll just go ahead and pause the draft and we'll talk about another kind of draft that we've been doing a lot of lately. And those are daily fantasy drafts over on DraftKings. Brian, it's been a blast. We have our patron DraftKings League it's really fun. Every day, you you know, you know fill out your team, you have that budget, and you got to figure out what's the smart way to try to predict who's going to do well, but you can't just take all the best players. You guys all know how daily fantasy works. Now it's really tricky since there's going to be only one game per day, uh, but we did one yesterday, and now they have a whole other format where you have to just fill out a team from the game of like five players. And you pick one player that's going to like score extra for his points and everyone else. And you choose who you want to assign that spot to. So yeah, it's just like a really fun game to play. Well, we've been playing both for free and for a dollar with the patrons and just having fun, having a little extra skin in the game, especially if your KKPP team has been eliminated. So yeah, drafting, you know, aside from hockey, there's other sports out there. You could play them all. Did you know that football is finally back, Brian? And with DraftKings being the leader in one-day fantasy sports, there's like millions of reasons why you should be excited. Specifically, to kick off the football season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a $1 million top prize with a total of $3 million up for grabs for this Thursday's football contest. You could get in on Thursday night's single-game showdown in a very easy way. All you have to do is download the DraftKings app and use the promo code CARLSON and you're going to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Uh, nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game, like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. If there's anything we're looking to do, it's adding to the sweat as we watch the game. So again, download the DraftKings app now. Use the code 
Carlson is in Eric's last name. And for a limited time, new users get that free shot at the $1 million top prize and $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code Carlson to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code Carlson only at DraftKings. Make it rain, spelled as in the Ontario hockey team's last name. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And anyone doesn't know the Ontario Reign, they're the Kings affiliate, and it's spelled R-E-I-G-N, as in a a reigning ruler. So make it rain with DraftKings and the LA Kings. All right. So with that, I guess we're going into the fifth round now. I just want to compliment you on really selling how football is finally back. I, I can tell you've been waiting for it. Brian, you don't, you may not know this about me, but I'm a I'm a pigskin guy. I I like to every Sunday I crack open my my Bud Light and you know I I want to watch the game the football games and I'm a big fan of what Tom Brady's going to do this year. On, you, on what on what team? Eli? I know he left. I know he left New England. I was just about to say it and sound smart, but I actually don't know. But I don't know. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, so. that's it. And I, you mentioned you love the pigskin, but I thought you were a vegetarian. Yeah, well, so I, that's a good point, actually. Well, do, do they still make it out of pigs, or is that just a saying at this point? I feel like they should probably have some synthetic material by now. Uh, you know, someone can maybe look into that for us and tweet us at Keeping Carlson. What are footballs made of today? Uh, now, let's go to Andreas. Andreas, uh, let's get things started. So we're, we finished four rounds out of ten. We are at your fifth pick. Uh, do you feel good about what you see so far like do you feel like you've gotten to take advantage of your first overall status i think so i, I think at this point uh i'm i'm okay with what i've done i think at this point probably i should uh i should move away from the knights uh, yeah probably, so, so far I mean, you have mark stone riley smith and shay theodore on vegas and then palat as your lone non-vegas player yeah, and I mean, I'm aware that Palat might be a you know might be a reach. I just needed to have someone there, uh, and I think it's worth just making sure that you have someone there. Uh, and I think Palat was uh, was someone that has, you know every now and then he delivers. But I think at this point, I probably should go either to Islanders or Dallas. And and I, I'm looking at the Islanders, and I feel like you know I mean they're spreading out their their scoring. I, I feel I can get some of them in a later round. I think at this point for, for Dallas, I think Dennis Gurianov is, is it feels like uh, he, somehow he is the most trusted forward at this point. Uh, you know, when the lines are being juggled, it feels like he is, is given an opportunity. Um, All right. Yeah. So I, is, so somehow is right that he is somehow feels like Dallas is most trusted forward. He, he ranks as their second Leading scorer behind only Miro Haskin in 15 points in 16 games, including eight and seven in the last round. Uh, picked on average 50th overall uh, in the last round of drafts and now going at the start of the fifth round here. So 17th overall, a big jump for Gurianov. Interestingly enough, even though being the highest scoring forward in Dallas, he was the third one to be drafted. Uh, and I see a similar trend 
with uh, another team that's still out there who uh, I only, I don't want to get too much into table talk here. I don't want to blow up anyone's game, uh, but I will make sure to circle back to it when it happens. The one piece of feedback we got from the last show is like, just do the table talk. I think okay, it's okay. I'll do, I'll do the doing. table talk. So yeah, Josh Bailey, uh, the, the Islanders leading scorer has yet to be picked as has uh, Anthony Beauvillier, who uh, was not so far behind Matt Barzell in scoring so far. So uh, interesting to see that the Isles who have been picked still very justifiable. Um, and this is all like anything can happen over the next two rounds. But just like Dallas, uh, you're not, people aren't necessarily looking for the top guy. I can say the same thing for Tampa too, because Kucherov went before point. So there you go. Uh, Vigard, you're up. Uh, you've got your D. You're set there. You've got Pacioretty and Brock Nelson up front. Where are you thinking of going with this next pick? I'm thinking of going back to Vegas, actually. Uh, just because I think they're going to beat uh, Dallas. And I want some more uh, Vegas players to uh, even out the score between me and uh, Andreas. Uh, so I'm going to hope for a William Carlson comeback. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So William Carlson, who was most recently uh, bumped back up to be reunited with Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau in game seven against Vancouver. I'm not sure if Vegas would have considered that a success. It's hard to really measure since Thatcher Demko was so freaking incredible. Uh, but if William Carlson stays, you, he has not dropped out of the top six as a center. So it seems like a, a pretty safe bet uh, for someone who's going to be in a position to put up points even though so far in this postseason, he's been okay. Eight points in 15 games. He had a quiet round last round, but maybe he's just saving it up for this next round. This brings us to Elon's team. Elon, I'm just going to summarize your team so far. You've got Kucherov in Tampa. You've got Barzal playing against Tampa for Long Island. And then you've got Jamie Benn and John Klingberg. Uh, you're seeing a lot of Golden Knights go off the board. How does that make you feel with your heavy Dallas investment? I mean, it's fine, right? At this point, I just got to kind of bank on Dallas. Uh, so if people want to take Golden Knights players, I'm probably not going to take one unless like a really good gem falls. And at this point, a lot of them are going. It's interesting, by the way, William Carlson uh, back playing with Marsha So and Riley Smith. I saw that you commented on our Discord. They're calling it the Lotto line, which I didn't know that was what they were called. Maybe that's like an old-timey name, for, well, old-timey from like a couple years ago, back when they were together and crushing it. But for a while, Carlson was centering Mark Stone. Uh, but yeah, so... I don't know what's better. I guess it's probably better to play with Mark Stone in the end, but Chandler Stevenson is playing with Mark Stone most recently. And I don't know if he's going to get picked in this draft. I guess we'll see later on. I'm not going to be taking him. Uh, I'm going to go, because Brian, you were commenting about how you're surprised when people are taking players that didn't do as well, like so far in the playoffs. And you even mentioned that you raised an eyebrow when I took Kucherov ahead of Braden Point, even though- Well, not really. I was, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grasping here. Give me- oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I think you're doing a great job, I should say. <laughs> what did uh, you think of that comment? I thought that, uh, I don't know, I, it's probably <laughs> coin flip. I don't know. It was a great comment. Uh, okay. So uh, I'm curious to see what you'll say here, because I'm going to take a player who is pointless in his last four games, but is the leading scorer in the regular season of everyone left aside from Steven Samkos who's injured. So I'm not going to take Stamkos, even though maybe I wonder if... Anyway, that's a lot of table talk. But anyways, <laughs> I wonder if people know who I'm talking about. You must, right, Brian? Uh, pointless in his last four. The top score remaining. I have, a, a I have a guess. I have someone highlighted, but I'm not going to say him in case it's not 
the guy. Okay, well, I'll just tell you. It's Tyler Sagan. So yeah, that's who. Okay. I mean, he's been playing away from... It's been like Radulov, Pavelski, and Ben. Or at least in the last game, I saw that was a line. But, you know, Dallas might shake things up. And at the end of the day, what are we, in the sixth round? Fifth round? Got to take Sagan. I think especially if I'm already loading up on Dallas. So we'll see yeah. if he uh, wakes up a little bit next so round. So Sagan, we would the, talk about things you would never predict. Sagan picked after Klingberg, Haskinen, Pavelski, Ben, and Gorianov on Dallas. So Sagan, the sixth pick on the Dallas Stars, barely fitting in the fantasy top six there, which is just wild. Uh, but I, I think that's a, a swing very much worth taking. Uh, I'm sure Tyler Sagan is very driven to turn things around, especially as Dallas gears up for what could be, honestly, this core's last chance at, at a cup. Um, you, you wonder just how much Pavelski and Ben and Sagan and Radulov have together as they age together. Uh, so going for it. I like it, Elon. Um, which brings us back to Ricard to finish off the fifth round with the 20th pick of this draft. Ricard has Braden Point, Marcia So, Pavelski, and the Tampa goalies. Uh, the only team not represented on your team so far, Ricard, is the New York Islanders. Is that about to change? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no I'm, uh, I'm staying away from, uh, from, from those guys. Uh, uh, I mean, going go a bit deeper, and then some of these guys is uh, still going to be around. Uh, if, if they're still around, I mean, the, the Baileys and the Pavilliers, uh, then you you got to go there. But uh, it's uh, I, I really believe in in Tampa uh, in, in in that match. So uh, I'm, I'm staying off there a bit. Uh, I feel it's more open in the West, uh, so I'm I'm uh, I'm comfortable picking guys from both teams there and um uh, I'm, I'm playing with the, the dallas dallas uh, uh there and uh, the i see uh first line first power play alex Radulov still on board so uh that's where i'm going all right alex Radulov had a had a huge series including that last game where i think his most valuable contribution even beyond the scoring was when uh he got called. Now I can't remember. He took a penalty and it seemed legit, but he was like losing his mind about it. And then minutes after he got out of the box, uh, he drew an even up call from JT Comfer, who did not trip him. But Radulov went down. And I, I think that was in the ref's mind. I, I think Radulov played that brilliantly. Uh, and Dallas scored on the uh, preceding power play. So Alex Radulov, valuable in so many ways. Uh, but especially last round with eight points in seven games is a bit of a Dallas run continues. We've had uh, Ben Pavelski, Gurianov, then William Carlson, then Sagan and Radulov. So we've had five Dallas players taken in the last six picks. Andreas, is there anyone less, left to pick out from that Dallas Stars roster? Or do you have to go elsewhere now? No, I think I have to go elsewhere. And I think at this point, I, I will have to uh, choose my first Islanders of, of the playoffs. Um, and there are two, right? But I, I think if, if Islanders want to score, it's on the power play. And I think Bale is, is, is the one that had the chance to, to probably get his secondary assists on, on that power play. Uh, I think he has six, whereas I think Pavilion only has three or four. Yeah, well, in the last think, round, Josh Bailey had no goals but seven assists. This is his yeah. game, right? 
Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's on the power play. It will happen. Hopefully uh, Tampa doesn't sweep the Islanders. So I, I will go for Bailey at this point. All right. Josh Bailey, finally off the board. I've been staring him at the top of the top of my draft board, sandwiched between Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov for what might be the only time in his career. But way to go, Josh Bailey. A lot of these anonymous-ish aisles uh, who we've talked about on the show, but generally don't get their due, like Bailey and Nelson. And I, I guess I'll add Beauvillier to that list too. Uh, and beyond, like you could even look at a guy like Casey Zizekas, uh, finally getting their due. Jordan, oh, sorry, Jordan Eberle is still out there. Sorry, I, I hope it didn't blow up anyone there. But a lot of these guys who've been sort of toiling away for a team that doesn't let them score a whole lot of points, finally getting noticed uh, by NHL fans all over the world. So uh, good times for them. Josh Bailey is gone. He's off the board. The third leading scorer of these playoffs with 17 points in 16 games, uh, which brings us to Vegard's sixth pick. Yes, I was actually planning on uh, waiting with the teams, but uh, I feel like there's two favorites, and that's uh, Tampa and Vegas. And since Vegas is still available and Leonard is playing great, I'm going to go with uh, Vegas. All right, so Vegas is off the board. Again, is the team goalies. Uh, so uh, very interesting, because in the last round of drafts, the team goalies went late like they went in the eighth ninth tenth rounds for the most part but i guess there's only four teams to pick from and you're looking at two rounds worth of games so uh, it could be a bigger difference between a set of goalies that gets you eight points versus a set of goalies that gets you two so uh so uh, a reasonable swing from vegard to grab vegas and uh ricard also grabbed tampa earlier so that leaves just the islanders and stars left as the remaining team goalies uh, Elon, any intention on going with one of them with this pick? Hmm, no, I don't think so. I think I'll be okay with either of them at this point. I've got Barzal on my team and I've got a few stars as we've discussed. So maybe I'll stack up more on the Islanders at this point. There's still like, there's been a few taken and there's still, it's so hard to know who's next. I feel like it could go in a lot of different ways, including like the line mates of Matt Barzal are still available. Uh, so I guess I'll take... Eberly, just because like Anders Lee seems to, I don't know, I guess I shouldn't be talking him up, but like Anders Lee, well, I'll tell you why I'm not taking him is because he scores, he had those like three games in a row with goals and then he goes quiet, but he's not getting assists. So I feel like Eberly at least is getting more consistent points overall. And we'll see. It's weird how like Barzal hasn't even been on the top power play. It seems like, like it's like the Barzal Lee and Eberly power play trio doesn't go out as often as the one with Beauvillier and Nelson. So we'll see what happens in the next round. Uh, so yeah, maybe this is a dumb pick, but uh, give me Jordan Eberly. Well, you know how much I love Jordan Eberly. I've had him in a couple rounds of the playoff pool so far, and he hasn't let me down yet. He's, like I said, another guy making a name for himself. By the way, how cuckoo uh, is, are the stat lines for all the New York Islanders last round? Like You just look at Bailey and Eberly, no goals but 13 assists. So it's like you either score the goals or you get the assist. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of in-between, although Brock Nelson, of course, is exactly the kind of guy who does both with four of each. Uh, but usually you don't see two huge assist getters, especially up front, uh, maybe on the back end. Uh, so Elon has taken Eberly, which brings us to Ricard, who will close out the sixth round with the 24th overall pick. 
Uh, Ricard, you've got a couple stars, couple lightning, one golden knight. Uh, you might be the only team remaining without an Islander. Uh, last round, I think I asked you if you would go for one. You said no. How about this round? No. Uh, okay, I'm going to stop I, uh, asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I've thought about it, but I, I, I think it's uh, the, the best way to to, um, to win this is maybe to try to stay on uh, on the line and and uh, if uh, if not too too like good of a player falls uh, too far i'm probably keeping my hands from both from that team i think um i feel like i i'm looking at the the power play uh, setup for tampa and i'm i'm seeing a lot of alex Glore, uh and uh, Looking at his stat line, it doesn't seem like he's he had too too many points uh, the the last games. But I, it feels like with those players, uh, I mean, eventually a, a puck or two must like hit him somewhere uh, before it goes into the net. So um, I'm saying I'm loading up more on Tampa and going with Alex Killorn. Okay, so Ricard adds Alex Killorn to his stable of lightning, which include the team goalies and Braden Point. Uh, yeah, the, the power play deployment is definitely interesting. And Alex Kalorin is a guy who could, who could, we saw him cash out for the first half of this season, right? He was, he and Brian Rust were just on these tears. And of course, Kalorin fell off, but so did his deployment. Chicken or egg question around there. Uh, but maybe Kalorin can put together a great couple rounds here. Uh, the Lightning have played fewer games than most, uh, I think all the other teams remaining, so uh, Kalorn has seven points in 13 games, three points in just five games played in the last round. So they're, they might be flying a little under the radar because they've played two or three games fewer than, than, uh, than all the other teams remaining. But uh, I guess not if, they're, if we have guys like Kalorn and Palat being drafted already. So uh, that concludes the sixth round. Andreas, uh, we're, we're about to begin round seven of ten. Uh, who gets the honors? Well, I mean, there are several ways you could go at this point. Uh, you know, I'm looking at, you know, looking at the D. I think I will leave the the, the team goalies for now. Um, you know, I, I picked Bailey, and I'm not quite sure why, honestly. Uh, but I think if I gamble on Bailey, I probably should should gamble on on the other B. So I think I will, I will choose a couple of Islanders and hopefully somehow they manage to squeeze out uh, uh, five, six, seven games or so. So I think I will go for Beauvillier. All right. So Beauvillier is off the board. Uh, the other killer B over in Long Island, these playoffs so far, he started really strong in these playoffs, Beauvillier. Uh, he had, let's see, nine points in his first nine games. But in that Philly series, he was really quiet, just three points over seven games. But the ice time was still there. He actually, uh, yeah, the ice time was still there. So he's still getting the same opportunities. I haven't seen his deployment change a whole lot. Uh, in fact, he had he had three games to begin the series where he had five or more shots on goal, which is fantastic. I love to see that. Then he had three shots in each of his next three games, although some of those included overtime, which helped him get to that number. Point being... Uh, Beauvillier has not, his scoring might have disappeared, but he hasn't. 
So uh, I'm, I think that's a clever look to, to hope for a resurgence from him. Doubling down on the Islanders is what Andres is doing with that. And that brings us to Vegard, who uh, has his two defensemen, has his team goalies, has four forwards left to, left to pick. Um, so Vegard, there's not much suspense in what position, but I have lots of suspense about which player. Yeah, uh, well, I think I need more Tampa because I consider them one of the favorites. And uh, since Andreas is uh, using my strategy from last round with uh, stacking up on the BBB line, uh, I'm going to go with uh, a playoff guy called uh, Blake Coleman. Okay, Blake freaking Como. Oh, Coleman. I'm like, I'm like I was trying to buy myself time because I'm like, is he playing? Uh, is he? Uh, but yeah, so Blake Coleman makes a lot more sense. Uh, seven points in 13 games so far these playoffs. Very similar stat line to someone like Alex Kalorn. Very similar deployment to you've got a mid uh, mid or even bottom sixer in Tampa who's just going to get opportunities while other teams focus in. And Tampa, I made the point last round, is a team that has that depth where it's like if their top line doesn't get it, um, you know, they, they don't look like they have a ton of secondary and tertiary scoring, especially with Stamkos out of the picture. But uh, they're not doing so bad with guys like Kalorn and Coleman pitching in. So Coleman is now off the board. Who had a great round, by the way, last round. Four points in five games. So he made the most of uh, of that Bruin series. Elon, uh, by the way, I guess I'm curious to know, maybe I'll ask everybody the next question I'm going to ask you when it's your turn to pick. Have you been sniped yet? I feel like there have been a couple times where you haven't really known which way you're going. Um, but... Elon, were you thinking specifically of picking someone like Blake Coleman with your last with your next pick? No, I was thinking Blake Como, uh, but <laughs> okay, luckily he's still right. around. <laughs> and he's in the playoffs too. Like he's he's with yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, on the FCC line, Faxa Cogliano Como, but that got torn apart in the last game because Cogliano was injured, which let Kiviranta come in and be a hero with a hat trick. And I thought that Andreas, you were going to take Kiviranta in the first round. Now you've let him fall all this way. Uh, I think my biggest snipe was actually those two defensemen taken in the first two rounds. That really threw me. I had a whole different plan for this draft. Now it looks like I'm loading up on Dallas and, and the Islanders, the two underdogs. So I'm sure I'm the underdog to the listeners. But who knows? If, if, they, if those two teams move forward, I think I got this. And yeah. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep out up. out of your yeah. six picks, sorry to interrupt you, out of your six picks, so five of them come from Dallas and the Islanders. Yeah, and I have Kucherov. <laughs> well, I, just, I guess I'm banking on just a seven-game series with the Islanders winning in game seven and Kucherov getting like, whatever, 13 points in those seven games, kind of like what McKinnon did at the last round. Uh, okay, I'm going to go back to Dallas. I think that we saw Gurionov go super high in this draft. So might as well take a guy who's also having a good playoffs, plays on the same line as him, plays on the same power play as him. You got to imagine if Gurionov is going to do well, so will Rupe Hints, right? So uh, give me Hintzy. Rupe Hintz was Mr. Irrelevant in Division One of the last round, picked 80th overall. I might not have that quite right. But anyway, Rupe Hintz was picked towards the bottom end of every draft, uh, average, averaging 72nd overall. So Elon grabs him 21st overall here, which, I, again, with so many players out of the playoff pool, doesn't look as, as big a disparity. And I, I don't think it's a reach either. Six points in seven games. And Elon, uh, your roster... It's looking real good. If Dallas goes far, Elon has Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Rupe Hintz, and John Klingberg. So I would even go as far to say if Dallas can get out of this round, Elon, you'd be a, a huge favorite. 
I mean, it's a big if, but uh, I'll take it. I don't want to have to ship a hoodie to freaking Norway or Sweden, okay? I just want to go pick it up down the street. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it still ships from America, so I, I don't know if that's an option, but we can look into it. I guess uh, we can also, like, find a Nordic supplier of hoodies and maybe, like, we haven't ordered the hoodie yet, so maybe we'll figure something out. Maybe we won't have to pay too much extra. But I'm, I'm trying to save us money, Brian. You should be rooting for me. I'm rooting, I, yes, absolutely. I mean, on the one hand, we'd save a few bucks. On the other hand, I'd have to listen to you talk about it. So uh, I would be very proud of you, though. I am rooting. I'm rooting for everyone. You're all my favorite oh, children. Calm down. Uh, Ricard, you're up. So uh, same question to you. Has there been a snipe? Has Elon sniped you at any point this draft? Was hints a snipe? You have two stars yourself. Were you looking for a third? Uh... Uh, I don't think I'm, I'm not looking at that right now, and I don't think I've been sniped earlier either. And that's mainly because I mean, to be fixed, I need to know who I'm. I want to pick uh, before it's my turn, uh, and I it doesn't really seem like I've been there uh, for a few rounds now. <laughs> if I had a, a good strategy, I might have been sniped. Your, your answer is essentially, I don't know what I'm doing, so I can't tell if I've been sniped. Correct. Right. Uh, Great. I love the I'm honesty. Basically, I'm just closing my eyes and pointing, uh, and uh, the where I'm looking now and, and closing, uh, well, opening my eyes and pointing is uh, it's uh, someone who's not getting too much uh, too much ice time uh, at five on five, but uh, but I, I'm looking at the opponents to Dallas. I'm looking at looking at Alex. All right. So Alex Tuck is off the board. Who? Um, has had like these moments. I mean, he had a disappointing season, but his play isn't disappointing. It's his deployment. Uh, we all believe in him when he gets the right deployment. He's sort of been off and on. He's been streaky. This place had a good start in the round robin, then went quiet, then a good start against Vancouver, then went quiet, didn't do much of anything against Chicago. But in his last game, he was reunited. Uh, yeah, I think it was a reunion with him and Paul Stasny uh, with the way that Vegas shuffled all their centers. And if that sticks, that's something that could really benefit him. So Alex Tuck is the uh, highest remaining Vegas scorer available and actually scored, like has more points these playoffs than Marcia So and Carlson, who went before him. So uh, really interesting to, uh, to see how these guys are going. I mean, it's a playoff pool. It's a bit of a coin flip each pick. But uh, Alex Tuck is certainly making a name for himself again. We'll see if he can stay stay on our radars through the next round against the Dallas Stars. Uh, that concludes round seven. We've got three rounds remaining. That is 12 picks left. And we're at Andreas's team. Andreas still needs uh, a defenseman and a team goalie and a forward. So you've got one of each to pick over the last three rounds. Um, Andreas, do you, do you know who you want? Or I guess I'll ask you the, the question of the round. Have you been sniped yet? I think I have been sniped a couple of times. Uh, I think in general, I, I don't think the first and second round really went the way that I planned. Uh, and that kind of put me off a little bit. Uh, and now I'm sitting here looking at my my team and I have two Islanders here. So I'm, I, I don't know what to think. Um, but that's probably this, what you thought. Oh, you, you, you're the only one who didn't have the Islanders last round too. Like these three other guys all made it through with them. So I feel like they yeah. might've been thinking the same thing. Maybe this works out for you. Yeah. Um, actually I haven't had an Islanders the whole playoffs. So I, wow. I, 
disrespect them throughout. Um, <laughs> I think at this point, I, I'm just going to try and get as much Tampa as I can. So there are a couple of these there. I, I think at this point, when it comes to Tampa, like there are players that you would expect to be better and, and they haven't really produced a couple, or well, at least especially one on, on D. I'm looking at shots here and I see that there is one guy that is really shooting the puck uh, on the second power play unit. I think, I think I'll try, uh, I think I'll go for Yanni Gord. Okay. Okay. I definitely thought you were leaning D there. Um, but Yanni Gord off the board uh, with uh, three points in five games against Boston, seven points on 13 games on, on the playoffs as a whole. So again, very much uh, with Kalorn and Coleman as being like this depth, depth producer who could step up out of nowhere and be their ticket to the Stanley Cup finals in the Stanley Cup itself. Tampa's chock full of those guys. So that leaves Andres. Uh, next time I talk to you, you've got to pick a defenseman or a set of goalies. Um, Vegard, you have your well, defenseman, you have your goalies, you've got three well, forwards left. Well, Brian, I, I think I just auto picked Stamkos, and yeah. I, I don't think I will do that. I, I see that, <laughs> and I'm, I'm counting on Elon to uh, to head into the settings and fix that. There he goes. Uh, so Elon's fixing it, and uh, Vegard, you can you can start telling us what you're thinking though. So yeah, you've got three forwards left. Who's uh, so far? You've got a couple few golden knights and a couple lightning and one each from the islanders and the stars so you seem to have you seem to have a, a nice spread you know you've stacked up mostly on a couple teams uh, you've got the las vegas goalies as well and then you've got a player here and a player there to try and get you points uh from from games where you're you know tampa or vegas aren't scoring where are you thinking of going with your third to last forward pick <sighs> Yeah, that's the hard part because I just got sniped again. Uh, ah, there it is. So uh, he sniped me with uh, Mark Stone, but then I got Heiskanen, so that's not a problem. But uh, then again with Riley Smith and now with uh, Yanni Gord because I was going to stack up on Tampa and uh, he plays with Coleman. So that was a bad pick for me. Uh, but now I have to Okay, so you're, you're scrambling a bit. Yeah, I'm think I'll go with the, the guy I think is the best player left on the board here. And that's uh, Anders Lee. Okay. Anders Lee. I think I agree with you. Uh, I see one, maybe two players that I might contend are, okay. are better. But Anders Lee, we talked about all the guys picking up assists uh, on the Islanders. Uh, Anders Lee definitely has a case to be the most talented player remaining in this draft pool. Uh, and he's one of the goal getters uh, on Long Island. He actually has, he's, he's going for the Cy Young, these playoffs, seven goals, zero assists. Uh, I, I just love the way this works. <laughs> it's like the Islanders, they just, they have this one way of doing things and that's the way they're not going to screw around with it. Uh, so honestly off the board, someone who has in a NHL regular season, 35 goal potential, even, 40 goal potential if things break right. So I think uh, I think it's a really nice pick this late in the draft. If you look at the guys who went before him, Beauvillier, Coleman, Hintz, Tuck, Gord, Lee's name sort of stands out in terms of upside. So um, Vigard uh, adding another Islander and uh, another pretty good one to his squad, uh, which brings us to Elon, who also has one forward, one defense, and one team goalie remaining. How hard are you thinking 
about which one to go with first. Uh, I'm thinking harder now. That was a snipe on me. I was thinking might as well uh, complete the set of Barzal, Everly, and Lee, uh, since Lee fell so far. So good job on Vagard. We'll see. Uh, we just talked about Lee on the last episode being on a hot run, and then he did nothing this week, which I guess is the reason why he fell. Uh, another player on the Islanders who I had high hopes for in the past round, I actually had on my team, and I was ready to blame him for my loss if I, if I didn't come back yesterday, was Ryan Pulak, who only had like one point in the series going into yesterday, picked up a clutch assist for me to get me here. And so I guess I'll just, uh, you know, maybe the saying is once bitten, twice shy, but but not for me, because I'm going to fill out my D and take Ryan Pulak. Okay, Ryan Pulak. I uh, I like that pick a lot. He's just been sitting there. I mean, there aren't a lot of D left to be taken, but Ryan Pulak seems to be still one of the better ones, even though last round was not so impressive, uh, as the idols scoring mostly came from up front and the D were not very involved. Uh, but, you know, two points and seven. I, I don't know. I can't really sugarcoat that, actually. So uh, Ryan Pulak had been having a good playoffs up until this last round. Let's see if he can get back on track for you, Elon. And uh, Ricard, you've got, now's your time to shine. You've got 2D and a forward left. Are you, are you going to really wait out defensemen the whole way through? Andres is the only other player, uh, drafter, who still needs to pick a defenseman. So are you going to try and scoop him uh, with your next pick? Or are you going to be like, no, you take who you want? I'm, uh, I was prepared for, for the, the usual question of, uh, gonna pick an islander and uh <laughs> that would be a no again uh but I, I actually have to go with a yes this time uh and i've had my eyes on four guys i, I didn't really mind uh which of them i was gonna end up with uh but i've been reading a bit more and looking at tampa and looking at the pp1 and seeing that it there hasn't been a victor headman there uh i'm gonna go with the, their uh, pp1 uh, defenseman, so I'm going Sergeyev. Okay, yeah, Mikhail Sergeyev getting that top power play time ahead of Victor Hedman, which we have been also talking about in our patron groups about like what does this mean long term, and especially what does it mean since uh, Sergeyev hasn't been doing a whole lot with that. Uh, let's see, I'm just checking out. He's been on the top power play and had. Uh, Two power play points in a game where Frozen Tools shows him as having no power play time. Uh, so I guess I'll have to look into that further. But in, in the game, by and large, really not doing anything on that top power play. So if he does get to stay there regardless, uh, Ricard, you've got a top power play quarterback on a team that is clearly favored amongst our drafters today as one to make the Stanley Cup final. So that could really pay off for you here at pick 32 of 40. Uh, so that brings us to Andreas, who needs a defenseman and a team goalie. Uh, uh, Andreas, were you hoping for Sergeyev to fall to you? Yeah, definitely. I, I was definitely sniped at this point. Um, but but I, I, was, I was fearing that, that it would happen because at some point, Ricard needed to start picking the... Like, I was looking at the other guy as well. I had him in the last round and he actually right. helped me out a little bit, and 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 he he is an option at this point. Um, but I am looking back again to to the Golden Knights, and there are two players there, and 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 frankly, it's it's hard to separate them. 
but I think I probably would go with the guy that plays five on five with Theodore. Let me just check who that is. <laughs> uh, Whoever yeah, that so, is, I pick that guy. It's Martinez, um, right? Yeah, it's Martinez. Uh, I think I will go with Alec Martinez. Okay, yeah. Alec Martinez is off the board. Elon, I, I'm, I have to say I'm a little surprised that you didn't grab him when you picked Pulak. Was that, uh, just to skip ahead to you, was that because you had better faith in the Islanders? Or, like, because you've been all about Martinez since these playoffs started. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I, I'm full, you've already said I'm full of Dallas and Islanders. So I'm not going to randomly pick a, okay. a Vegas defenseman. I need Dallas to go forward or I lose. So Okay, so yeah. you're, just, you're just stacking the cards in one way. You, you have no choice. You've been boxed into a strategy. I say boxed in because it sounded accidental, uh, but you're leaning in is a better way of putting it. Uh, yeah. yeah. If, if uh, that series goes seven games, I'd be happy to predict Martinez getting three or four points. I think he's a solid bet for half point per game, but you know, I need more. Yeah. I I'm, and I'm glad you got your, you snuck your Martinez love in there. I, I also believe he had three points in seven games last round. So who's to say he can't do at least the same thing again. And as you mentioned, uh, Vega, uh, Andreas playing at five on five with Jay Theodore is a, is a good place to be, uh, which brings us to Vigard who uh, is still filling out his forwards. You're like the only one left or one, everyone else filling out their other positions. Vegard, you can just focus on the forwards because you started with those two defensemen, Hedman and Haskinen right off the top. Uh, where are you looking with your second last pick? I'm looking uh, at uh, Tampa Again, and I feel like there's two good uh, choices there. Uh, and I think I'm going to go with uh, Cirelli. All right, yeah. Anthony Cirelli's a really interesting one, right? Because I'm watching Kalorn go. I'm watching Gord go. I'm watching Coleman go. But at this time last year, or really any time over the last cop two, three seasons, then like, who's going to be the Tampa forward who emerges and like really comes into his own? It's Cirelli, Cirelli, Cirelli. And uh, we haven't seen it, these playoffs. Just five points in 13 games. So he's been pretty quiet. Uh, we'll see if this is his time to shine here in the conference finals. Uh, so, Vegard, you're going to tell us who your last forward is shortly. But before that, Elon might have something to say about that. Elon, you still have a forward to pick, or you can go team goalies. Uh, just to refresh everyone, the team goalies on the board are Dallas and the Islanders. And the only two people in need of team goalies uh, are Elon and Andrea. So Elon, you're essentially uh, have a choice here, whether you want to pick your team goalies before Andrea, you want first pick of the remaining two, or you're good with whoever's left over after Andreas's last pick. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about it uh, in the past three minutes. And I feel (laughs) like um, I think my strategy needs to be that I need Dallas to win or I'm not going to win because I have four Dallas players. I have three Islanders and I have Kucherov. So theoretically, if Dallas goes forward and Tampa goes forward, I think I could still win this. Uh, But if Dallas loses, I think I'm out regardless. So with that said, I might as well just again, lean in and give me the Dallas goalies. And I'm just, uh, my draft is uh, suspended, I think. Okay. So let me fix. Oh, sorry about that. I don't even know how that happened. So Vegard, you could go and put in your Sorelli pick. Okay. And then, and then I'll go put in my Dallas team goalies. All right. So 
Elon takes the Dallas team goalies, leaving just the Islanders team goalies to be Andreas's final pick. Uh, Andreas, you'll tell us how you feel about that in a moment. Uh, but yeah, Elon really planning this out very logically and mathematically to see which, <laughs> which, which setup he can actually win with versus which setup might get like feels like might get a might get more points between the Dallas and Islanders goalies, uh, which is uh, that's what makes you you, Elon. That's what makes you such a successful fantasy player. Yeah. Taking into account all that context. I feel like a pool like this, I want to come first or last. Like coming second place isn't going to make me feel good. So, you know, I'm not going to win unless I, unless Dallas moves forward. So that's what I need to do. All right. So going all in on Dallas, uh, big move from Elon. We'll see if it pays off. Mm-hmm. Actually, can I tell you something funny before before we move on? If it can. Yeah, go ahead. So I actually made a bet. I made some bets at the start of the season on teams to win the cup. And I put money on New Jersey because I was so excited about them signing P.K. Subban and having Gusev and picking Jack Hughes. And we know how that worked out for me. Uh, But the site that I went to make that bet on, like it was like 60 to one odds. And I wanted to bet like $25 or whatever, but it only let me bet like 50, like there was like some maximum of how much I could win. Like they weren't going to let me make a bet where I could win like $3,000. It was whatever it was, a $1,500 max win. Anyway, so I had a little bit of money left over and I was like, okay, who should I bet this on? And I ended up betting it on Vegas and I completely forgot about it. So I actually do have like $150 or something coming back to me if Vegas wins. So at this point, I think I'm going to be pretty happy either way because either Dallas wins and I have a good shot at winning the KKPP and winning a hoodie or Vegas wins and I could win some some real cash money and I could buy wow. myself a hoodie. So either way, I'm getting a hoodie. Elon teaching us a very valuable lesson that the more bets you place, the more likely you are to win. And that's <laughs> how you make money. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. So, and Elon, I, I also wonder that if you do, if Dallas does advance, I would not be surprised to see your Islanders hat replaced by a star's hat for the next season of keeping Carlson. Potentially. Okay, great. Uh, Ricard, you've got a forward and a defenseman left to pick. What are you looking at here? I guess other people still need forwards, but nobody still needs defensemen. If I can uh, give you a little strategic tip there. Yeah, uh, you might be surprised. I actually, uh, I knew that. So (laughs) I wasn't looking at D this time. Um, I'm, uh, I think it was, Vegard, uh, when he picked uh, Sorelli, talked about uh, seeing uh, he wanted to, to double down or or focus on Tampa, and um, and he saw two two fours there, and uh, I think I'm gonna take who I believe to be the other one. Uh, I'm going uh, Tyler Johnson here. Yeah, Tyler Johnson must have been the other forward Vegard was talking about, who um, very much like Sorelli has been a guy that we look to in Tampa. And then like, ah, we think he's had enough opportunity to be ahead of Gordon Coleman and Kalorn by now, but he has not managed to do a whole lot with it. He has one more point so far these playoffs than Anthony Sorelli does, and one point less than the trio that I just mentioned who are doing a little bit better. So Tyler Johnson uh, off the board, which means um, if anybody wants a Tampa forward, uh, enjoy Matthew Joseph or Cedric Paquette. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if one of them gets picked. And that's how big everybody here is on Tampa. Uh, but that brings us to Andreas, uh, who you have no choice left. So uh, you've got the Isles goalies. How do you feel about it? I'm trying to 
to figure out if mathematically it's possible for like Islanders to have four shutouts, but at the same time Tampa moving on, and it, it, it that it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but they could get three shutouts and Tampa they, moves on. They can. No, I don't know. I think it's uh, you know I had an opportunity at some point to choose Vegas. Uh, I went for Gurianov, and I guess that was a snipe from from Vegas side. And uh, I guess kind of forgot that you had to choose a team. Uh, so that probably would have been the better choice. Uh, but at this point, I think it's, uh, it's symbolic in a way, you know, like having my last pick of this tournament is, is Islanders and having ignored and disrespect them throughout. So, so maybe this is a good, a good sign, a good kind of conclusion of this. It of was this, meant to uh, be. It was it's meant a, to be. It's almost poetic, especially if yeah. you win. So, uh, so we'll see if you have that, that beautiful, not quite storybook, but like exciting and full of narrative ending to your keeping yeah. Carlson playoff pool. So uh, Andres, his team is in. I'm going to do a, a quick recap, you know, uh, of the teams after each drafter finishes. So we've got Andres uh, in order, pick Shea Theodore, Mark Stone, Andre Palat, Riley Smith, Dennis Gurianov, Josh Bailey, Anthony Beauvillier, Yanni Gord, Alec Martinez, and the Islanders team goalies. Uh, and it is now Vegard's final pick. Vegard, you've got a forward, and you know that there really aren't a whole lot left to choose from. So I'm really interested to see who you're going to go with this pick. Well, I'm thinking like uh, Ellen, it's uh, it's win or uh, go home. So uh, I'm thinking about uh, gambling a little bit here. I could okay. go safe and uh, get a few points, or I can uh, gamble and uh, maybe get a lot of points later. So uh, I'm going to go with Stamkos, even though there's no news about him. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you're making me have to stop what I'm doing and go on to Twitter and see if don't, there is... Don't worry, Brian. I've been doing that all draft long, oh, okay. <laughs> looking for updates and yeah, uh, nothing. Too. I don't think that there's any word, but they were saying he might play. So even if he doesn't play next round, if Tampa moves forward, maybe you get him for the finals. And at this point, one round of Stamkos is probably better than any of these forwards. That's so. what I'm thinking. So gambling here. Right. Okay. So yeah, I, that's a that seems like a very clever pick. I wonder, like Elon, had you... You have a forward left. Yeah. Would you have gone there? Like, or had you forgotten about Sam Coase? What's, what's your, what's your like thing? Like I said, I, your... I definitely had not forgotten and he was <laughs> on my watch list and I hadn't decided. Like, okay. Um, well, decision but, made. Yeah. Which is probably okay. I'm, I'm a wimpy guy. I don't generally pick injured players and sometimes I regret it later on when they come back and are amazing. Like Sam Coase, I'm sure would be. Uh, so tricky pick now. Part of me want now I can speak openly because uh, Ricard has to take a defenseman, right? So uh, part yeah. of me wants to go Kivi Ranta on Dallas, but I don't know if he's going to like stay in the lineup, you know. But he's <laughs> playing with Hints, who I have, or in the last game at least. So it'd be it would be fun. I could also go to the Islanders again and just keep loading up and take uh, perennial playoff hero JG Pajot, uh, who's not having such a bad playoffs right now. Yeah, he seems to always pop up at just the right time. Yeah. All right. I'll take Peugeot. I want <laughs> Kiviranta, but again, I'm wimpy and I don't want to have someone who's going to be healthy scratch. And I know for sure Peugeot is going to play. Okay. Uh, so so let the record show that Elon like wanted wanted Peugeot. Didn't take or wanted Kiviranta, didn't take him, but like the thought was there. So if Kiviranta has a really great last round or, or rest of the playoffs, Elon, you can sort of say, I saw that coming. I knew it. 
Uh, well, it'll be more like just me beating myself up. If I lose because of this pick, then I'll be like, man, I was like hovering over him. I was like searching on, I asked in our discord right now. And uh, Dave said, he, I think, I think they'd be crazy not to give him another chance. So there was one response when I asked like, is Kiviranta going to play? Uh, he probably will get a chance, but you know, if they lose a game, then they could just put Cogliano back in. Who's been there like all season long. So, Okay. This is fun. Brian, recap my team. Oh, the yeah. Team and I didn't defi- actually, yeah. I didn't do it for Vegard. So like, go uh, for it. I'll go back to Vegard's team. Uh, in order, uh, started off with those those dual defensemen, Hedman, Haskinen, Pacioretty, Nelson, Car- Carlson, Vegas goalies, Coleman, Anders Lee, Anthony Sorelli, and could be the pick of the draft. We said this last round too, though, Steven Stamkos. And then uh, Elon, who just finished up, uh, went Kucherov first. And then drafted exclusively from Dallas and New York <laughs> the rest of the way. Uh, so clearly was thrown for a loop. But Kucherov, then Klingberg, Barzal, Ben, Sagan, Everly, Hintz, Pulak, the Dallas goalies, and J.G. Pajot, which brings us to our final 40, uh, yeah, 40th pick of this draft, the final draft pick of what's been an amazing keeping Carlson playoff pool. And after this, we just get to watch the games get played. Ricard, you've got to go D. I see a couple uh, that you have to choose from. <laughs> that, that's as much <laughs> as I can say for them now. You only see a couple? Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, uh, I think the fourth pick D was like in the later stages of the second round. Uh, so right then I, I picked out four guys who I thought I were okay, good or okay for me. Uh, and uh, when Sergeyev uh, uh, fell or, or when, when, he, when I picked him up, I, I, I thought I, I was going to go with my, my second D, uh, if, if it was still around, uh, to uh, keep my uh, keep loading up on Tampa players. So I'm going uh, Kevin Schellenkirk. Okay. That finishes off Ricard's draft with Kevin Shattenkirk, who um, has more points than Sergachev in the playoffs so far. Has two more points than Sergachev, despite a little less opportunity. Uh, they were equal in the last round, though. Or Sergachev had one more point in the last round. So take it for what it's worth. You just uh, and I'll name. Uh, so now that Ricard has done his draft, uh, let's uh, let's let's share his team. Heavy on Tampa here. Started with Braden Point. Then the Tampa goalies, Marshazo, Pavelski, Radulov, Kalorn, Tuck, Sergachev, Tyler Johnson, and Shattenkirk. So if Hedman gets injured, Ricard, you're in great shape with those two. What a terrible thing to say. <laughs> yeah, let's hope about that. Uh, <laughs> no. I might say that. Uh, the, the, the other, the other uh, defenseman I was looking a little bit at was, uh, was Nate Smith. Yeah, I was, I was actually a little surprised he didn't go. I mean, like, he's not head and shoulders above the rest, but... You know, just under half a point per game um, last round, just over half a point per game for the playoffs as a whole, six points in, or eight points in 15 games. Um, so Nate Schmidt also left on the board from Vegas. Uh, the most notable forward that I think is remaining is Paul Stasny, who, yes, I know, like he's been, he's had every opportunity these playoffs and he has not been able to cash in until uh the game seven against vancouver where he had a golden assist although i think one of those points came on an empty net um but he's been around i've been actually picking him in daily fantasy every game because he's cheap because he's doing nothing but i still think the potential is there but clearly why none of our experts can you answer why 
Like, why do you think the potential's there? At this point, he's just been bumped by Chandler Stevenson, so now he's in the bottom six. At some yeah, point, but, you got to give up on him, right? So I, I, I wouldn't say he's been bumped, like, and out of the top. I, you could put it that way, or you could say he's playing with Alex Tuck, and we've seen them work together well before. And, like, yes, the, they might get a couple minutes less than the second line, but I still think he can make do with that. He's also had 17 shots in his last six games. His shooting percentage is low. Um I've been watching a few games. He's been like, he got robbed by Thatcher Demko uh, at least a handful of times, especially in game seven. Like he still keeps looking good and good to the point that like you watch him and it's like, Oh my God, this guy cannot buy a goal. Uh, So, and I think, I think he scored an empty netter. I can't remember um, if he was the one who scored it against Vancouver in game seven, but this is why I still believe in Paul Stasny. Plus, like I said, he's playing with Tuck or Stone and Pacioretty, or Smith and Marcia So. So he's going to end up in a good spot. Fair enough, Brian. Okay, well, thank you so much to Vegard, Ricard, and Andreas for joining us. This yeah, has been so fun. The, the Scandinavian contingent. Before, before we say goodbye, I'll just uh, run down. I was tracking how many players everybody drafted from each team. So Andreas and Vegard sort of had the most balanced approach with four each from one team, then three from another, two from another, and one from another. Uh, and then Elon, you uh, went strong on Dallas with five players there, then four from the Islanders and one Lightning. But Ricard finishes the draft with the most players from a single team with six Tampa Bay Lightning and two Vegas Golden Knights. So if the favored teams win, Ricard has eight players going on to the Stanley Cup final, which uh, surely would be a boon for him. So, uh, so, uh, Vegard would have seven of Tampa and Vegas advanced too. So anyway, a lot can happen. Very interesting to see how teams are constructed in a format like this. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, Vegard, Andreas, and Ricard. You guys were awesome. Thank you. And good luck, everyone. Yeah, Thanks good for luck. having it. Yeah, good luck. Everyone. Good luck. Cool. I just, uh, I love <laughs> three quarters Norway and Sweden. Half, Sw- half Norway. Yeah, we'll have to figure out if uh, Ricard wins. But what we do, we have co-winners of him and David, or is it like all Ricard, we pretend like David never existed? (laughs) (laughs) Well, his Facebook profile picture is just like the blank outline, so it would be easy to like (laughs) a mental image. Okay, so we'll figure that out after the fact. (laughs) Maybe we'll like cut a hoodie in half and send you half uh, Ricard and half to David if you win. Yeah, that, that, that sounds perfect. And then oh, that re- means no. That means I'm giving it to David. That was the, the <laughs> Solomon <laughs> test, <laughs> and you failed. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, nice talking to you guys. I guess Brian and I will now uh, finish off this show. <laughs> yeah, see you guys. Thanks for being here with us. Perfect. Have a good one. I guess good night. Good I should say. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was so much fun. Brian, good job hosting the draft. I guess you won't be hosting another draft for a while now until our Keeping Carlson Tier 1 auction draft in like, I don't know, five months or so. And uh, what, what have you learned from all of your draft hosting? Did you, did you think you did a good job there? <laughs> Are you asking me about like my personal performance or what I saw happen in the draft? <laughs> your personal performance. Uh, 
You know, I always think I talk a little too much. So uh, hopefully our listeners aren't too sick of my voice, which means that Elon, I think now would be a great time for you to like go off on a rant or something. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I asked you that. I couldn't think of a question off the top of my head. I didn't want to ask really what you thought question. of it. Well, it's hard to even judge like who won the draft, right? Because it all depends on how these series are going to turn out. Like uh, Ricard has these six Tampa players, like you said, but I have Kucherov, but he has points. But you know what I mean? But like he has a lot of Tampa players who might not get points. Uh, hard to say. It'll be fun to follow. This is been a blast it's, but okay we do have think, other content to get to yeah i think my one like my one qualm like i think the weirdest quirk of the draft was you picking kucherov first but then no other tampa players so like your first pick investment was not at all like backed up yeah you know you know what i'm you know what i mean but like what was i supposed to do i picked kucherov and then sort of things shifted that happened that i didn't expect yeah. so i'm not gonna like now take i don't know anthony sorelli uh, you know, really high up. Yeah, it just yeah. makes things difficult because you're relying on your number one pick to not last very long. I, I guess the good news is that no one else will have him. So well, like yeah. you've, you've taken those points away from a competitor and, and hopefully they'll help you get somewhere. But uh, like like you said, it's all about adjusting on the fly and like that was not your plan, but you were in a situation and good for you for making a call and sticking with it instead of just being like, all over the place like you made you clearly made your choice to go with dallas and islanders players the rest of the way and uh i think it was good for you to to take a stand like to to really take a position as quickly as you did adjusting on the fly yeah i guess we'll see don't forget also i mean if the islanders in tampa go seven games and kucherov gets me like 10 points it's not like a wasted pick it'll still probably be one of the higher scoring picks i just need that series to go long so yeah, I guess for the rest of the show now, there's just like a few tidbits I wanted to bring up that have happened over the last week that I think we need to discuss. Uh, number one piece of news, it's probably the trade. But before that, let's quickly talk about these conference finals. I guess we've already brought it up. I think I already said this on the show. I just wanted to bring up the fact that uh, Brett in our Discord mentioned that there are like teams, it's a really fun conference finals because you have two teams who everyone was expecting and then two teams that like weren't necessarily so great in the regular season but now made a surge in the playoffs and showed to be completely different teams in the Islanders and Dallas. And I do want to point out that the Islanders and Dallas actually had stretches this season where they were like of among the top teams in the league. So I brought it up before how the Islanders were like amazing, like winning two thirds of their games after 55 games. And they just lost everything at the end. And Arthur Staple brought up how like, it was a lot of like guys that we didn't notice on the podcast because we only talk about fantasy relevant players, but you know, the, you're uh, Casey Sezikis's, uh Adam Pella, Cal Clutterbuck, like these kinds of players were injured. And I think that really hurt the Islanders and the game that they try to play of having a balanced, you know, forward lineup. So that is a reason why maybe it shouldn't be as much of a surprise that they've gone far because they did look like this team. And then also Dallas, they had a really weird year. Like they went 1-7-1 and to start the year. They were 0-4-2 at the end of the year. So those those stretches really brought down their record. But sandwiched in between that was a team that went 36-13-5. So they also had a big chunk of the season where they were among the best in the league and they were like barely losing. So yeah, just want to throw it out there. It's like, uh, I think that these matchups could be very close and these Dallas and Islanders teams, you may think they're not as good because of their final season records, but there were times when they were just doing just as well as Vegas and Tampa. Yeah, for what it's worth, in an 82-game season, both were pacing for about 97, 98 points on the season, which is really impressive. Like, that that's a good place for a team to be ending up. A little less meaningful with the loser points being handed out. But in any case, uh, they're 
they were in the top 10 teams most of the year in the NHL standings, and you can't really take anything away from them. They they might have been streaky. You mentioned, uh, you know, Dallas had trouble at the beginning and at the end. And I think that start for Dallas really stuck with a lot of people, and everyone gave up on them and then didn't see anyone scoring there. So we're just like, oh, yeah, like, whatever. Uh, Dallas exists, I guess. But what they did was they were just shutting down teams the whole season, winning on their goaltending, which is, uh, will continue to be the recipe to get through the season. Same with the Islanders. They're a team that doesn't get a lot of headlines because they don't score a lot of goals. Um, they're very much a defense first team. They're also, as we mentioned during the draft, kind of anonymous in terms of who these guys are and what role they play on the team. So, uh, they're just two teams that quietly go about their business, don't play a flashy style, don't have a superstar uh, who's really, you know, grabbing uh, headlines and attention on highlight reel. So like you barely even see their jerseys if you're watching sports highlights. So I think that's why Dallas and the Islanders kind of crept under a lot of people's radars and and people forgot about these huge runs that they went on of, of wild success that probably do show what their true talent level is rather than whatever happened because of some rough variants or a system that was, you know, still in the workings or uh, injuries that were affecting them. Yeah. By the way, speaking of injuries, uh, on Dallas, Ben Bishop was injured for a while, so he didn't play much in this past. It's been Anton Hudobin leading the way for Dallas. And that was an interesting situation because Bishop came in and played that game six game where Colorado like totally destroyed him. He led in four goals on 19 shots in 13 minutes before he got pulled. And so now, you know, then Hudobin played in game seven and got the win. And also on the Islanders, actually, it was Thomas Grice who got the shutout yesterday in game seven over the Flyers, the Flyers that took less than 20 shots. But I feel like we it's interesting. We don't even know who these teams' starting goalies will be. I feel like they might have goalie changes also at the playoffs. So I guess it makes sense for us that we did team goalies in our KKPP draft because I wouldn't know who to take between Bishop and Hudobin and then Grice and Varlamov. Yeah, the beauty of team goalies, especially in the playoffs where you can't guess one way or the other. I don't imagine both these goalies will still be in Dallas next year. Uh, I also still wonder if any team is really ready to make Hudobin their starter. There have been a couple teams that have tried, and it didn't quite pan out. Maybe Hudobin's ready for that. I mean, he looks ready for it. I'd love to see him get another chance. So uh, it's been a it's been an interesting way to to beat teams with your quote unquote backup or one B goalie. But Hudobin's showing that he's up there with any of the starters remaining in the playoffs. <laughs> Though I guess on the other side, you look at the game log against Colorado, his numbers aren't great. It's just Dallas all of a sudden scored a ton of goals themselves. I'm looking at 909, save percentage, 870, 909, 892, 839. So actually, these last few games, Hudobin hasn't been great. So yeah, you're you're already looking ahead and talking about what's going to happen in unrestricted free agency once the season's over. I'm even just curious to see who Dallas is going to play in game one versus Vegas. I feel like it would still be up in the air for me. Oh, keep in mind, Ben Bishop, his last three games in the playoffs have gone uh, not so well either. He played one game against Colorado, had the 789 save percentage in under 14 minutes of work, uh, gave up four goals, and his uh, his round-robin appearances against Vegas uh, and his, uh, I guess, the in the in actual series against Calgary, both of those were bad, 875 and 846. So Ben Bishop... Not having himself a great playoffs, which is very funny that we're seeing the Dallas goalies. Um, like I, I just said, how amazing they are because I still think they are. 
but when they're struggling, we didn't know that Dallas would be able to pick up the slack and and score enough goals to make it work, but they have. So more power to them. Last I heard, by the way, which is uh, today's Sunday afternoon, I saw Saturday Bishop was still listed as unfit to play. So hmm. it might not even be a choice for Dallas. Although I also read that Rick Bonus there was said there was a conversation about starting Jake Edinger at one point. So I, I still wonder if both goalies continue to struggle if there's even the smallest outside chance that we see like maybe a period of Edinger just to see how it goes. That's wild. Yeah. The thing with Dallas is like, did the goalies not play well? Or is just Colorado such an amazing offensive yeah. team that like no goalie would have been able to do much better, which just goes to say how impressive it is that this Dallas team who we thought, oh, this is just a defensive team. They can't even score. It makes me kind of think maybe they, they could, maybe all season they had this in them. They chose to play this defensive way because that's how they were able to win a lot of games. But then in a series against Colorado, they had to flip things around. Uh, so yeah, it's like, it's pretty wild. <laughs> and also like a lot of things are changing this playoffs. Like we looked at Joe Pavelski as his signing being kind of a bust and like, oh wow, Dallas must be really regretting this. And I remember in our interview with Sean Shapiro, he said, well, let's see what happens in the playoffs because they got, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. They didn't get Pavelski for the regular season. They got him for the playoffs and now he is coming through. So yeah, a lot of storylines kind of changing or the narratives are changing as we go through these playoffs. It's been uh, a lot of fun to watch. It makes your head spin a little bit about what the implications are going to be for fantasy next season, whenever that is. But we also still have an entire off season to work through and see yeah. what pieces move. So there are a lot of things, and you know, on keeping Carlson, we're going to collect all those pieces. We're going to neatly organize them and try to make sense as best we can using whatever data we have. Uh, in the meantime, I'm kind of enjoying just watching. For sure. Though, even though there's playoffs going on, like I ranted about last week, teams are still able to make trades. Once you're eliminated, they don't just watch. They make deals. <laughs> and there was a big deal this week with the Habs and St. Louis. The Blues, I guess you could call it a salary dump. They dump Jake Allen on the Habs and his $4.35 million for next year. Montreal also gets a seventh round pick. And in exchange, St. Louis gets a third round pick and a seventh round pick. But obviously the big win for the Blues is that they take Allen off the books. And most people are assuming that this is because they want to try to re-sign their captain, Alex Petrangelo. And so they need to clear as much space as they can. So I think it makes perfect sense why the Blues make this deal. There's been a lot of debate about whether this was a smart or dumb move by the Habs. So maybe let's like table the Habs talk for a sec and quickly on St. Louis, this leaves Jordan Binnington as like not having a big challenger for next year. We were already debating, I think, on last week's show or a couple weeks ago. Wow, next year, like who do you draft in fantasy, Binnington or Allen? All of a sudden now, I guess they're putting their faith in Binnington, even though he had this 851 save percentage in the playoffs, 912 save percentage on the regular season. So he wasn't amazing. Uh, but now I guess he's a starter. I guess, though, that said, I guess there's unrestricted free agency. Maybe they're going to sign someone. Maybe if they can't get Petrangelo, all of a sudden now they have all this money saved and they could go for like a Hudobin or someone. Uh, or maybe we see Vili Husso finally come up and be the backup. And it would make sense. He's been in the AHL for the past three seasons. He's been kind of all over the place. I'm looking in terms of his numbers, 922 save percentage, 871 save percentage, and 909 save percentage in each of his last three seasons in the AHL for San Antonio. So at this point, with what we know now, I guess Binnington's fantasy you know, Dynasty League stock has risen a little bit, but I still feel like whoever is the backup is probably going to challenge him because Bennington is starting to give vibes of maybe a little bit of a flash in the pan, but, you know, it's probably too early to say that. I feel like Bennington's stock has not gone up. It's like fluttered. It's flittered 
it's like you, it's gone up, it's gone down. Like it's just kind of all over the place. Because on one hand, with Jake Allen gone, it's like, oh, great, no competition. But then you remember, oh, Billy Huso, he was the one who was supposed to be in Bennington's position when Bennington took it. Um, when when the St. Louis goalies weren't getting it done, Huso was supposed to be the one who got the next shot. Bennington came out of nowhere, took that shot, ran with it. And now we wonder if he can keep running or if he's just out of gas. And this was never totally meant to be for Bennington, having a long and illustrious NHL career as a, as a starter. So I'm very interested to see this goalie competition kind of start anew. It kind of reminds me of like the Crawford Niemi days to, to call back to early Chicago, uh, at the start of this, this decade or the last decade, I guess. Um, You've got two capable young goalies who both have promise, uh, but they're going to be going toe-to-toe to see who gets the job. I guess Bennington has the advantage as the incumbent, but I'm still as interested as I've ever been to see what Huso can bring to the table. So I was disappointed that we never really got to see him. Yeah, I think if you're in a long-term dynasty league and Huso is available, I don't even know if they do free agents, I guess it depends on your league, but he's someone I would be watching right now because he's going to get a shot next year. And if Bennington struggles, next thing you know, maybe you get a goalie playing a significant number of games on a strong St. Louis team. Uh, but again, we'll see what happens in unrestricted free agency. What, do, we, do we know the date for that yet? Who knows? Okay, we'll, we'll figure We'll talk about it when it happens. <laughs> I barely know what day it is today. Don't ask me what the date for anything else is. Fair. Okay, then on the Habs side. Okay, so I guess let's have this discussion first before we get into the fantasy implications. I guess the fantasy implications actually are pretty simple, right? Carey Price is the starter. Uh, you know, Jake Allen's not going to challenge Carey Price to, like, take over as a starter. Obviously, the Habs here want to get themselves that backup goalie that they've been trying to get for so long. And so the hope is that Allen maybe plays 30, 40% of the games. Price is rested. But I guess guess the big fantasy impact question to you would be like, does Carey Price go up or down in value? Because maybe we're hoping that he'll have better rate stats now that he gets to rest a little bit and not play on a pace for like 67 games like he was this past season. Uh, But also if you're in a league that counts shots on goal, or I I should say saves or, or wins, I guess, if he plays fewer games... Like, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I would say probably if I was to pick one right now, I'd say I'm pretty much the same on Carey Price. Like fewer games, but hopefully he plays better and it all evens out. First off, when I first saw this trade, it was like, you know, everyone has told Mark Bergman or, or like the Haps, like you can't win with ten and a half million dollars invested in goaltending. And Bergevin, excuse me, was like, oh, okay, I'll spend $15 million in goaltending. That'll, that'll fix the problem, which it's, it's insane to think of how much the ads are spending at this position. I don't think it's a good idea. I also don't want to get ahead of ourselves in thinking what this means for Carey Price, because I wonder where else Jake Allen could end up. We've seen this happen before, right? Like a player's rights get traded. I mean, Allen still has a, a, a one more year under contract, so it's not quite the same thing. But you, you, we've seen, especially with some veterans, you know, they bounce around from team to team uh, once or twice in the offseason uh, until they finally land because goal, uh, teams are trying to, you know, make deals and make things work and have leverage and assets and whatever. So I'm not at all set on Jake Allen Brian, I gotta Montreal ask. Next year. Where are you getting this from? I've been reading and seeing a, lots. Of, is this just your hunch? Like I've been reading lots of analysis. This is of like course, a really it, it happened. A take. You're gonna analyze it, 
It, well, either my take is the useless one or all the anal- analysis yeah. of Jake Allen being in Montreal is the useless one. I will say... All the beat all- writers, all the hockey analysts, like Mark Bergevin himself talking about how they're happy to have Jake Allen. There's no... This is not going to happen. Don't even throw this out there. You should have thrown this out there as like the very end of the discussion. Do you remember when there was discussion about what Mike Hoffman would do for the San Jose Sharks? It's not the same thing. <laughs> this happened, it happened in a day also. Didn't Hoffman get traded twice? Come on, yeah, Brian. I think so. Stop throwing out these conspiracy theories to the world here. Like, let's, like, Jake Allen is the okay. backup on Montreal next year. I will year. say, okay. so if Jake Allen is the backup in Montreal next year, if, uh, and it, sure, it's, it seems likely, Elon, Carey Price will play less, but he will play better. So exactly what you said. You might get fewer saves, but hopefully you'll get better rate stats. And maybe you'll get better from the rest of Montreal, too. Like, they'll be a better team as a whole. Uh, that's beyond the fantasy take, though. Montreal has been needing desperately the same way that, you know, uh, Edmonton needed a backup goalie for a while. And Toronto needed a backup goalie for a while. And Tampa, too. All these teams that are just running their workhorse goalies out there. I don't think it's a way to win a cup. So Montreal is taking a step to remedy that. Ping, kind of a heavy price to do it. And I'm not sure they're that close, but uh, it'll help carry Price's fantasy managers next season for sure. Okay. Yeah, except unless you really care about his saves because the games played will go down, which is the whole point. Yeah, so I've been seeing a lot of debate about this, right? The cons obviously are like, oh, you're spending now $15 million on goalies. And Ben uh, from Short Shifts argued that the Habs couldn't even get past the first round of the playoffs this year, even with Price playing amazing. So obviously you know, getting price up to a good level isn't going to help. It's more they need to improve other places on the team. So they should have used this cap space more smartly. Hopefully, Ben, I'm like, I'm presenting your argument in the correct way. Uh, I think, though, I like the trade. And I'm actually very surprised at all the people that are really down on it. Like, I've thought this through a lot. Like, first of all, we've talked about forever how the Habs need a backup, right? They like uh, Arpan Basu, who we talked to in our Beat Writers series, he basically, he tweeted saying that Carey Price was like, you have a luxury car and you spent too much on the car so then you don't spend any money on maintenance and so now the car like doesn't perform as well and that's what the Habs were doing by spending all this money on Carey Price and then not giving them a backup so then they work him into the ground and he's not able to play like elite Carey Price because he's always like tired part way through the season getting injured all the time and all these, all these issues and i really like this analogy i remember i asked arpon when we talked to him i was like you know i was looking at it more like the Habs aren't as good of a team as like the bruins and i was saying like oh if uh, carrie price was on boston do you think that he'd be putting up Tuka rask numbers and arpon very quickly was like well yeah I, I get what you're saying in terms of, like boston's better defensively but he was more like the reason why he thinks rask is able to put up such better numbers is he has halak there and he doesn't have to play as many games so now hopefully obviously this is all depending on jake allen actually being as good as he's been as a backup like this past season, which, you know, who who knows, right? But he was a 927 goalie this year in 24 games, and he had a strong playoffs as well. He was bad before when he was a starter, uh, but maybe he can be a solid enough backup, like better than the Antony Yemis and Keith Kincaid recently. Anyways, it was basically like guaranteed last night. Whenever Carey Price didn't play this year, you knew that there was a good chance they were going to get blown up because their backups were terrible. So now hopefully... 
the Habs can just like roll out the backup, rest price whenever they feel like it, and not feel like they're giving away a game. And yeah, to argue Ben's point, I have actually, I have actually a few arguments, Brian. So just like interrupt me when you're ready for me to stop. No, but, keep going. <laughs> so Ben said like, oh, the Habs, you know, like couldn't get past the first round of the playoffs. So obviously, like they have bigger issues than goaltending. I guess my argument would be like, to me, the Habs are. Like, no one thinks they're a cup contender next year, right? Like, I feel like that would be a miracle if they could somehow pull that off. I think, you know, they've got the Suzuki and they've got Kakaniemi and their pick from the last draft, who I'm blanking on his name, but a shorter guy that people are really excited about in a couple years. So I think the Habs are building for the future. Uh, but for next year, I feel like this year they weren't even a playoff team. You know, they got lucky because, well, lucky, you know, because of the pandemic and then this extra play-in round and then they beat Pittsburgh, which was very unexpected. But, you know, next year, I feel like if they could just make the playoffs, that's really fun. And I think that they won't make the, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team if they don't have a good backup goalie. So I feel like we're maybe looking at different benchmarks for what we're, we're hoping for for this team. Like, I would just love, as a kind of new Habs fan, like, I'm enjoying watching this team lately. I have some friends who are Habs fans. Like, I don't want to watch a team that's tanking. I want to watch a team that's going to go to the playoffs, maybe give some of these young players some playoff experience, and then they figure things out after that. So, And also, the key thing here, so the other big point I want to make, is that this is a one-year left on Jake Allen's contract. That's like the whole point, because next year, the Habs don't have any real players they need to worry about re-signing. They have Max Domi, who's a restricted free agent. Seems like he might be out the door anyways. So yeah, you could say maybe they could have signed some players in unrestricted free agency, but like, when's the last time the Habs were able to convince a good player to come to their team in unrestricted free agency? Like, they got Carl Alsner on D a while back. You know, they could try to get a guy like Thomas Grice or Anton Hudobin. And sure, like, those guys will probably sign on another team for less than $4 million. And they'll be like, oh, the Habs should have done that. But it's like, there's a lot of teams looking for these backup goalies. So there's no guarantee. And what if they decide not to trade for Jake Allen? Then they don't get these goalies. Maybe St. Louis dumps Allen somewhere else because they're just trying to get rid of him so that they can, you know, re-sign Petrangelo. And next thing you know, the Habs are stuck once again having to sign like a, I don't know, Jimmy Howard or Mike Smith or one of these old goalies who's willing to sign a one-year deal. Because another thing is they don't only just need to sign a goalie. They need to sign a goalie who's willing to take a one-year deal. Because after next season, the whole top line is is unrestricted free agent. They could all be gone, potentially. So the Habs are going to have to figure something out. Gallagher, Tatar, Deneau. Also, Petrie is going to be unrestricted free agent. So they need to not have players like a Jake Allen type or a backup goalie signed beyond next season. So I think this was the best way that they can get a goalie for one year. That's hopefully a good backup that won't be on the books the following year. So to me, it makes perfect sense. Like, I know you could just say, yeah, you shouldn't be spending $15 million on your goalies. But my response is, they've already, you know, it's a sunk cost. They already have that money dedicated to price. So I'm thinking, like, what can they do to best, like, increase their chances of making the playoffs next year? And I think it's getting a solid backup goalie, and I think they've done that. Yeah, so the other route they could have taken was to try somebody less proven or more of a journeyman like someone with like a Curtis McElhenney type profile uh to use as their backup who would definitely come cheaper but I I hear what you're saying you four and a half million for Jake Allen isn't cheap but there's not a whole ton of room between that and what you would need to pay for someone who you're hoping is going to be reliable. Meanwhile, Jake Allen is still someone you're hoping to be reliable, though we've made the point before that he is someone who seems to do better when he is in a backup or timeshare role. Uh, so I, I think this could be good for both goalies. I still think it is pricey. Elon, I, I am with you that there's nothing you can do about spending, you know, like spending on Jake Allen to improve your carry price. I get it. I just don't know how an NHL team 
can, like, I guess your point is that the Habs have everyone coming back except Max Domi at forward. So, like, they're, they're kind of set. Maybe they don't need to make any changes up front. They just need to improve their goaltending. But to me, I don't know. It just feels like they're more than this move away from really taking their ability to contend up a notch. And I just wonder if there was another way to distribute that cash to be able to do it. But I am all up for seeing what happens if Jake Allen is Stop. indeed a member of the Montreal Canadiens Stop. at the start of next season. But, wait, so do you think there was actually something that Bergevin could do to make them like a cup contender next season? Like, do you actually think that was something? Like, oh, if, he, if they had a smarter GM, they'd be contending for the cup next season? That's crazy to me. Well, no, but then, like, so the question is, what are you doing in the meantime? Like, why... They make if the playoffs next year while their young players get develop into stars. And development. Yeah. I, so I suppose that's one way. Unless you want them to tank? You want them to just tank next year? I'll give you another number, Elon, to think about. Uh, the number is 33. That's how old Carey Price is right now. It's He'll be heading into his age 33 season next season. So, um, you know, you're saying, well, this is good. You know, get the team some experience. But by the time uh, Jay Collins' contract is over and they can reinvest that $4.5 million, uh, Carey Price will be heading into his age 34 season. He's not young. Okay, but again, like, what can they do about it? Like, I don't think they're going to win the cup next year regardless. So they have Carey Price under contract. So what are you going to do? Well, maybe this, maybe this keeps them from making some longer term commitments. Like, maybe this is money they could use. Anyway, I'm sure Mark Bergevin has thought this out uh, very well and carefully. He's, he's done all right as a GM, right? This whole Subban Weber thing really made him look good in the end. And a lot of us look dumb. Uh, so good for him. Uh, he has, I have some faith in what he's doing more than I did a couple years ago. So we'll see if this pans out. I, I don't know what the alternatives were for doing with this four and a half million dollars of cap space. If it's to improve carry price and to maybe get your team to the second round of the playoffs next year, it's worth it. Yeah. Even first round, I think is probably a win because they weren't even right, playoffs. They didn't even year. qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's that. Hopefully people enjoyed that debate. <laughs> I still can't believe you threw you, you, we actually wasted time talking about if he's going to actually be there. But anyway, but I'll move on. Uh, a couple other players I just wanted to mention before we close out the show from the last round. We're going to close the door on the Avalanche and the Vancouver Canucks. And so let's talk about them really quickly. Like the Avalanche, like their players did so well offensively, right? They just couldn't keep pucks away. And obviously it didn't help that... First of all, Grubauer got injured early on, and then Francis was injured, so they had Hutchinson as their goalie at the end, and obviously you don't want to be depending on Michael Hutchinson to take you through to the conference finals. Uh, but I want to do give a shout-out, right? McKinnon, Rantanen, Burakovsky, Makar, and Kadri with 12, 11, 9, 8, and 7 points, respectively, in those seven games. So lots of players help their fantasy owners, for sure. Obviously, McKinnon and Rantanen, we already know how great they are. Amazing to see what Burakovsky was able to do when he got on the top line when Landeskog got injured at the end of the series. And he definitely showed that... He, I think he's an unrestricted free agent this summer. Correct me if I'm wrong, or restricted free agent. So he's earning himself lots of money. And then we've got Kadri who I think is really fun to talk about just because this is a guy who has had an amazing playoffs. He had 18 points in 15 games. Now, overall, over a point per game. He had a 58-point pace in the regular season. So I'm curious to know what you think at this point. Uh, which version of Nazem Kadri do you expect to show up on our fantasy teams next year? Like, is he a 60-point guy? Or is there this upside for more that we've seen in this playoffs? Okay, well, just to get started, uh, Burakovsky is, in fact, a restricted free agent. He's 25 years old, so we'll see if he's able to get something with term and money based on his playoff performance. And then for Kadri, yeah, I mean, 
he had a really solid regular season and an even better playoffs. And looking at the differences in his numbers between them, there, there aren't huge ones. He, he was a better player in the playoffs and not in an unsustainable way either. His IBP jumped a bit, but maybe that was offset by a drop in shooting percentage and you can wash out the variance that happened. This is all at five on five. Um, so if you're asking me if he's a 60 or 80 point player, my answer is probably still somewhere in between. I think a lot of it depends who's playing on his wings, right? Um, he didn't have great line mates last season. I think Colorado might have been a little awoken again to the fact that uh, maybe they need some better secondary scoring depth, with the, which they did sort of try and address this offseason by acquiring guys like Don Skoy and Burakovsky and adding Nachushkin to the mix too. But even just Burakovsky and Donskoy weren't necessarily a great fit. And there were times where uh, Kadri was playing with guys like JT Comfer and Tyson Jost. And that was when he was fairly quiet on the scoreboard. He was the best one playing with Burakovsky and Donskoy. This makes perfect sense then, Brian. You solved it because there were all those injuries this year when Rantanen and Landeskog were injured. Then that's when Donskoy and Burakovsky got to line one. And uh, so if next year, if everyone's healthy, maybe this is a sign that Kadri should be better than a 60-point player. Yeah, so going back to what I was saying about his numbers not looking terribly different between the regular season and the playoffs, except who he got to play with. And like you brought the context for when the, his his line mates got worse when Colorado had some injury issues with Ranton and Landeskog. So, uh, so long as Colorado can retain some half-decent line mates for Kadri, some top six line mates instead of bottom six line mates, as, you know, guys like Jost and Comfer were for him this season, uh, Kadri could very well continue. Like, I would set his floor at 70, especially if he keeps getting this top power play deployment. Or I shouldn't say floor. His floor is probably 60. But, like, I could reasonably expect 70 points or more from Kadri next year so long as he has some good pieces playing with him. And we'll see if Colorado makes room to re-sign Burakovsky. Uh, he wasn't necessarily making bank this season. What was he making? Oh, yeah three and a quarter million dollars so it's probably going to cost Colorado a little more to retain him than that so we'll see what they can work out also Nemesnikov an unrestricted free agent basically the only top six forward under contract for next season and this might even be arguable aside from Kadri is Yunus Donskoy at just under four million so you kind of need someone like Burakovsky as a as a better piece than Donskoy to help Kadri out at five on five why did you say the only say that again the only forward under contract next season the only top six forward under contract next season aside from the top line and aside okay. from Nazem Kadri, sorry, is is Yunus Donskoy and JT, JT Comfort, but I wouldn't call him a top six forward. Okay, so we're basically saying they need to re-sign Burakovsky and they need to not have injuries and then we like Kadri as a 70-point guy. Yeah. Uh, but, and Burakovsky, like you said, he's a restricted free agent, which means that Colorado will probably re-sign him or he'll go to arbitration or whatever. Like, I, I don't think they're going to let him go at this point. It's just a matter of if they lock him up long-term or just for a one-year bridge deal until he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So, uh, yeah, I think things are looking good and that was a really great playoffs for Kadri, and I'm really happy for him. Uh, So then I want to go to Vancouver now. The big news is that we're not going to cover every single team that lost. It's already been a pretty long show, but we got to talk about Thatcher Demko's amazing three-game run after Jacob Markstrom got hurt. Demko single-handedly won a couple games for the Canucks to force Game 7, stopping like 43 of 44 in Game 5, 
all 48 shots against for a shutout in game six. And this was with the Canucks barely shooting. Like, like Vegas shut them down. It must have been so frustrating for them to be able to, like, really outplay this team but not be able to win games just because of how great Thatcher Demko was doing. And, yeah, then Game 7, by the way, another great game. He stopped 33 of 34, but the Canucks couldn't score on any of their meager 14 shots on goal. They took against Robin Leonard. Uh, Ryan Krieg in our hashtag hockey cards Discord channel yesterday said uh, he shared a tidbit that a week ago Demko's Young Guns hockey cards were selling at $15, and yesterday about 50 of them sold for $50. So obviously the hockey card collectors think Demko's stock has shot up. And Brian, I think we need to start bringing this into our fantasy analysis because obviously this likely means that his fantasy value has shot up and why wouldn't it, right? Especially because now it's so interesting. Markstrom's an unrestricted free agent. All of a sudden now, maybe do the Canucks have more leverage or are they more willing to let Markstrom go now that Demko's you know, it's only three games, but he's really showed that it would be kind of weird to su- pay big money for another goalie when you might have like a superstar goalie that you don't want to bury in your lineup. So the Canucks already knew that they might have a superstar goalie that they didn't want to bury in their lineup. They just weren't sure, I think, if he was someone that could be relied upon, especially yeah. because if Markstrom, if they let Markstrom go, then they've got Mikey DiPietro coming up, who, uh, you know, might be okay as an NHL backup or might not be ready yet either. So you've got Thatcher Demko, who was a 9.05 this season. This was his first season with real game time in 27 games played in the regular season. And then, of course, uh, 9.85 in the playoffs. That's insane. That's over four appearances and three starts. Like, this guy played 186 minutes, saw 130 shots, and let in two goals against one of the league's most offensive teams. And you could see, like, the Canucks were down for the count, watching Game 7 especially. Uh, Like, they barely touched the puck in the first period. It was, uh, like, forget about how many shots the Canucks got themselves. Just the barrage coming from Vegas of high-quality chances um, that that uh, that Thatcher Demko was up against stopping, and he was up to the task. Now, does this mean that he's a legit starter in the NHL? No, it doesn't mean that. It means, like, he caught fire, and there's promise and potential, and we're very excited because that goes along with what we already know about Thatcher Demko, which is that he's a blue-chip goaltending prospect, but I don't know that I'm ready to buy in yet. I think, if anything... This might hurt Jacob Markstrom. Like, if he does want to stay in Vancouver, they might not want to offer him quite as much because they don't think they need to make that big a bet away from Demko, that they could bet a little more on Demko being ready to carry the load. So uh, it's going to be interesting because I think Jacob Markstrom is a starter, is a number one goalie in the NHL. And it would be very strange to have him in like a 1A, 1B situation with Demko. I think that would be Vancouver's best case scenario, but I don't think it's going to, they're going to be able to pull it off. So I don't know, Elon, I have no idea what this means for Vancouver's crease future. I do know that it definitely blurs things a lot because going into the postseason, it was straight up, well, Jacob Markstrom has to be the guy. Uh, like they're going to resign him because they have to. And now that's just not not as clear the case as it was before. You never want to make a judgment call based on a couple games, especially postseason games, but it's hard to watch what happened in those games and not be affected by it. Yeah, it's almost like the optics of it. Like at this point, if you're a Canucks fan, don't, don't you just want to see Demko get a lot of games to start next season? Cause like you just saw him do so well. And like if, you know, I feel like, yeah, before we thought maybe they could try to bring Markstrom back for a year or two to let Demko play as a backup for a while. Now it's like Markstrom's like one of the premier unrestricted free agents 
out there for goalies. So I wonder if now the Canucks are like, well, maybe we don't need to bring in Markstrom. Yeah. We need to bring someone. Maybe we don't want DiPietro to be the backup. But maybe instead of spending $5 million on Markstrom, we can go for like a Grice, you know, a little bit cheaper. Like someone who like we expect to be more of a tandem as opposed to someone who's expecting to be a starter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like a team that is more, they might not be as desperate as another team is for goaltending who is willing to meet Jacob Markstrom's demands, which isn't, like I said, unfortunate for Markstrom if he wanted to stay in Vancouver. And let's not overlook, by the way, that Markstrom had a fantastic postseason, 924 save percentage, and he was uh, like an incredibly good goalie in all, almost all of his starts, only two real duds, and one of them Vancouver managed to win anyway. Uh, another, unfortunately, was against Vegas, so uh, you might look back at that game, but that was sandwiched between 944 and 950 performances from Markstrom. So, uh, like, there's no, there's no question that he's, like, I'm not questioning his ability at all just because Demko got in, right? So, uh, We'll see what happens, and we'll 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 see where the dust settles, and we'll take it from there. But for now, it, it does make for a little more uh, dramatic an off season situation in Vancouver than we thought we might see. Yeah, it's going to be... I'm so excited for this offseason, Brian. I feel like we've been talking about these pending unrestricted free agents for so long now, both, like, the goalies and all these defensemen. Uh, but, yeah, we'll have to... I'm also excited for the rest of these playoffs. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, just hoping it's over so we can get to free agency. But, yeah, lots to look forward to. And we're going to have a lot to talk about on Keeping Carlson once these signings actually happen. Uh, I guess I'll finish off on a guy that we already talked about a bit in this draft, but I just need to ask you the classic Keeping Carlson question... Right? Who is Joel Kiviranta? Like, what? <laughs> How did this happen? This guy who didn't even play the whole series against Colorado gets in the Dallas lineup for Game 7 after Andrew Cogliano was announced as unfit to play. It was his first game of the series. Like I said, the Deuce scored a hat trick, including the overtime winner. He had five shots on goal in that game. He was playing on a line with Gurionov and Hintz, which is a very fun trio of youngsters. And by the way, Gurionov and Hintz both had great series themselves, eight and six points, respectively. So if Kiviranta's playing with those guys, guys that's a good place to be uh like who's this guy like again quoting ryan from our hashtag hockey cards discord channel he shared that kivy ranta doesn't even have a hockey card right now like if you wanted to like buy kivy ranta hockey cards because you think that he's gonna be a future star you can't you gotta wait for upper deck to make one this is now a hockey card podcast also <laughs> you've you're you're a great guy, Elon. You're just dating yourself when you say our hashtag hockey cards channel. Every channel in Discard starts with the the little hashtag. So you just say what's after the hashtag. I apologize. Yeah. Um but it's a great channel. Hashtag hockey we should we, we should rename it <laughs> hashtag hockey cards. And then you'll call it hashtag hashtag hockey cards. Okay, who is Joel Kiviranta? Yeah, hockey card collectors don't know because that card does not exist. Um People who attend the NHL draft don't know because he wasn't drafted. People outside of Finland uh, didn't know until this year because this was Kiviranta's first uh, North American pro season. He's 24 years old, uh, out of Finland, has spent uh, his career to date with not even, uh, I don't think, one of the top clubs in Finland um, and not even being like one of their best players. Uh, I guess he was third in team scoring with 21 points in 58 games uh, a few years back. And then he led the team in scoring a couple years back. And then last year he was actually like nowhere. He wasn't even in the top five in team scoring. He's behind a defenseman for Pete's sake. So this is a guy whose career has never seemed to be built around being a scorer uh, at any level or any stage of his career. Um, but he showed up when it mattered, right? It, it, even 
in Finland. He had two career playoff games under his belt. So like for him to come out and do what he did was just all that more magical. The first ever hat trick from a rookie in an NHL game seven. Uh, but the funny part is, is you could just see him getting benched again, like for game two. They probably can't bench him for game one, but they might bench him for game two of the series, depending on Cogliano's health. Uh, I still don't think he's their first choice to play. Uh, even in Texas this year, 23 points in 48 games. Like this is just not someone you look to or who has ever been looked to, to be a scorer. He's also undersized. I think he's just a a useful utility bottom six kind of player or, or middle six, depending on the depth of your team. Uh, but I, I think it would be very strange for him to crack a top six. So uh, I'll, I'm very excited to see if he continues making a name for himself. I'm also very excited to pr- correctly pronounce his name is Yoel Kiviranta, oh. just like Yoel Armia. Okay, I'm just used to it. You know, we both have brothers named Joel. So we I'm do. just so used to saying that name. Uh, yeah, I mean... There's, like, Jason Dickinson who could maybe be bumped from the lineup or, like, Yanmark. But, no, I guess that wouldn't make much sense. Yeah, just, so do you, th- you think I made the right call, Brian, as the last pick of, of our draft there to take Peugeot over Kiviranta? Absolutely. I think that was the right call. Kiviranta is, like, the exciting pick. But I think it's incredibly likely that he doesn't get another right. point these playoffs. Yeah, I guess so. I would like, obviously, if he ends up playing with Hints and Guryanov, that would be pretty cool. So a guy to watch in the next round for sure, at least for game one. Got to imagine he gets to play at least that game. Okay, Brian, this has been fun. Nice to chat with you on a Sunday afternoon. I guess the people that download the podcast don't care when we recorded it, but just so you know, uh, that's when we did it. And so now we have our whole day ahead of us. I'm actually going to play tennis for my first time in like 10 years. So we'll see if I get injured. Generally, I try to avoid sports and just watch and analyze them because I like to uh, you know stay at 100% for podcasting, but I'm going to take a little risk here. So hopefully I'll be back at you at 100% next week as we continue to talk through these playoffs. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks again to... Ricard, Andreas, and Vegard for drafting with us, and congrats to them on making it this far in the KKPP. Uh, But yeah, with that, Brian, how about we cue the outro music, and you can go ahead and read us the credits. Okay, before I do, if you want to follow along with the KKPP, you can join the KKPP Discord channel on our patrons-only Discord. Uh, Patronage is just a buck a month for the summer, so like, hopefully that feels essentially free to you, Um, but it would be great to have you join us. Or, uh, Elon, perhaps you'll make a link forward to the league at keepingcarlson.com slash KKPP if you want to take a look at how the teams ended up and what happens from here over the next two months. This is crazy. That's so long to Wait, what's still two be months? Like, hockey's going to be going till like, the end of October. No, that's not true. Into October. Each round has been a couple weeks, so we've probably got about a month left. Yeah. Well, it feels like it'll be as long as it's taking me to finally get to reading the credits. So, this episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast was presented by Dauber Hockey and powered by our patrons. Logo art by Brandon Weeb, outro music by Pat Roach. It was researched with help from Dauber Hockey, Frozen Pool, Dauber Prospects, National Statric, Involving Hockey, Cap Friendly, Charting Hockey, Hockey Reference, Hockey Biz, Hockey Database, Elite Prospects, Roto World, and Fantrax. Great job, as always. Brian! Looking forward to chatting with you again next week. Talk to you then. Remember, fantasy hockey is for everyone.